So, anyway, uh, talking about Tales from the Crypt, did you know M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong's making a version of Tales from the Crypt? Yeah, he's making his own series for Hubbo, and uh, they are making... HBO? Yeah, Hubbo. Um, it's pronounced Hubbo. It's They're not TV. Making... What? It's not TV. No, I know, it's better than TV. It's not TV, it's yeah. HBO. I mean, as far as, you know, as far as Eagleton are concerned, it's HBO. It's not mm. TV. But anyway, so he's making a new series. So do you have any high hopes for this? Do you like Tales from the Crypt? By the way, welcome to Crypt Apocalypse. Do you like Tales from the Crypt? And I might like Tales from the Crypt, but that's got nothing to do with it if friggin' M. Night Shyamalan is... Do you think his version is going to be good? Do you have any hope? I mean, look at some of the stuff he's done recently. Um, No. He did Split. Have you seen Split? No. Okay. So you have no hope? I, I've given up on him. You've given up on him? Yeah. Oh. Because, I mean, Jesus. Okay. All right. Well, on to another point then. We're we're about to have a new a new you movie. seen The Village? Yeah. Well, happening. No, yeah. It's not or great. We Lady in the Water? I actually don't mind Lady in the Water. Avatar The Last Airbender? I didn't like Avatar The Last Airbender, but I didn't mind Lady in the Water. Is that After weird? After Earth? I did not like After Earth. Yeah. But is Lady in the Water that bad? What? No. What? No, Lady in the Water's bad. My suit. My suit's it's gone back. I don't know around. if that means something, but I, I like it. <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay, alright. Well anyway, so um so it brings me on to brings me on to something else. Um so there's a third Superman movie coming out. A Justice League. No, oh, no, there still hasn't been a sequel to Man of Steel yet. No, no, there has. No. There's Superman, Superman two, Batman begins, and there's Superman three, Superman Harder. So we're getting the third Superman movie. Right. All right. And I wanted to talk to you about the, the original, the OG trilogy of Superman movies. Well, I say cro- it should be quadrilogy. Oh, well, the George Reeves TV series? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm talking about the Christopher Reeves. All right. Movie series. He's the one who didn't fall down a lift shaft onto his own bullets. That's it. He's yeah. the one who fought a horse and the horse won. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Superman 3, for those who don't know... It stars Richard Pryor as a computer genius who joins a company after hacking their systems and makes a fucking terrifying android woman. Do you remember the film? Yeah, I've got it. You've got it? Yeah, I've got the Superman box set. Yeah, yeah, I have that as well. The, like, the weird one that went down to eight quid and everyone bought it. Yeah. Yeah, I have that too. Yeah, I've got it so I could watch Superman Returns. I actually like Superman Returns. Yeah, it's all right. But anyway, that's besides the point. We're talking about Superman 3, the best Superman film up until Superman Returns came out. So, Superman 3, like or dislike? Yeah, it's eh. not very good. It's not... Well, the, it, it's I, not very good are, at all, really. There's some good bits. It's not bits. as bad as Quest for Peace. No, it's nowhere near as bad as Quest for Peace, but there is some there are some. It wasn't important, filmed in Milton Keynes. That's true. Um, there are some important things that came from Superman 3. Was there? Yeah, interracial relationships. Superman and Richard Pryor go on their flight, which indicates romantic... Intentions because he does so much. Richard Pryor didn't read a poem though while they were flying. For the no, end. he didn't. No, and also he wasn't batshit insane like uh, what's her name, Margot Kidder. Margot Kidder. Is it Margaret Kidder or Margot Margot Kidder? Yeah. Margot Kidder. She's batshit insane. She's, she's apparently got, mad. She's just got schizophrenia or something. Have she's you seen Troll problems. Two? Yeah. Okay, so you know the lady in Troll Two plays the mother. Yeah, yeah. She's nuts. Yeah, yeah. Have you watched the documentary? Yeah. That's terrifying, isn't it? Friggin' the director of it follows me on Twitter. Really? Yeah, he had, he added me as a friend on MySpace back in the day. He probably doesn't understand a you know, word you're tweeting. Um, 
Joshua from Oh, Joel that G. guy. I thought, you Michael, meant the, I thought you meant the Italian director. Michael oh, Stevenson. No, yeah. no. No, Michael Stevenson, the guy who directed uh, Best Worst Movie. Yeah, Best Worst Movie is the movie I'm talking about. Best Worst yeah. Movie has a scene in which he... Best Buds me in him. Oh, there's a scene Honestly, in... I've got his, he's, on my fr- he's my friend on MySpace. Okay, well, I mean, that means everything. MySpace yeah. is like Twitter, but it's like the OG Twitter. Much like we're talking about the someone OG... Someone was asking the other day, shouldn't Twitter like let you play some music when you go onto someone's profile? And like, no. This is what happens when people aren't old enough to remember MySpace. See, didn't MySpace... So MySpace originally started out very simple, and then they started adding shit like that, and it took 40 GIFs. minutes to load a plate. Yeah. And made GIFs everywhere. Yeah, it took 40 minutes to load someone's yeah. page, yeah. God forbid and- you ever go on the page of somebody who's got learning disabilities, man. God fucking hell. Because they just love that shit. I can only imagine. Going to hell for that. Anyway, so um, we're, we're talking about the OG. Mm. OG, Superman 3. Superman fights an android lady. Yeah. It, firstly dodges some nuclear weapons as well so firstly like Atari game you equal like opportunities he's willing to punch a lady a robot lady secondly he's willing to have romantic e- evenings with uh, with beautiful Richard Pryor from the 80s what are you doing what are you playing are you playing Titanfall I don't know yeah you are you're playing Titanfall it's not very good um, anyway so that's besides the point that is all besides the point Superman hmm. 3 versus Justice League what do you think the Justice League is going to be like a mess, probably. I don't care. Do you, what do you think of the trailers? Are you going to make this another two-hour-long podcast again? Maybe, if you don't answer me and you stop you playing trailers? Yeah, well, I need a fourth thing to review. Well, <laughs> so you're going to review a game you're playing during the podcast. All right, cool. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry, who cares about Justice League, man? It's a mess. Do you it? think it's going to be a mess? Basically. Of course it is. Do you have any hope for digital non-mustached um, Captain America slash Superman? I don't know, maybe. They're going to get rid of it using computers. Oh. The face fuzz. Oh. The fuzz of the face. His, well, just his, let him have a moustache. I don't know. That's the question I had. He had a beard in... Um, in Thingy. In... You know, when they brought him back from the dead. Didn't they? He was a Superman. Yeah. yeah. He also had a mullet. That was pretty badass. Yeah, it was cool. He had a mullet and he had guns. Anyway, Ant, your review. First review this week. Um. Well, I've been playing Titanfall Assault. Um... Right, so I've got some little guys, and they're like, they're capturing points. Yeah. And I can just deploy people. <sighs> just send... I think I just dropped a missile. Am I dropping a missile? No, I think of one. But um, it's it's turned Titanfall into Clash of Clans, it seems to be, I think. It's kind of like Clash of Clans meets Dota, or something along those lines. Oh, right, yeah, because I'm just like shooting Titans. There's a big orange one and a big purple one. The screen's gone blank. Why's my screen gone blank? Oh, select my avatar. I've been playing this a lot. I'm going to be the robot with the X on his head. Enter your call sign. I really have been playing a lot of this. I have a call sign on there. Would you like to know my call sign? Um, my one's Tunky. Oh, mine's Matricles. <laughs> oh, really? Is that? Yeah. It's my. It's my. Uh, it's the thing I use for every single. Yeah. Every single RPG. Are you getting live first impressions from this here? Um, okay, so so keep going. How are your... There's tips on the loading screen. Yeah. Um, I want to play Titanfall 2. I don't have it. I have Titanfall 2. So don't want to talk about Titanfall 2 I want to get it on PC. Why do you want to get it on PC? Because it's the best device to play on. It's the best device to play on? Yeah. Until the Switch gets it. I've earned a daily same. objective reward. Alright. Because it's a day. What do I get? <sighs> Let's see how this works. I got a rare Titan. 
Oh shit! We've got a rare Titan, Strider. Oh, look at that! Why? Look at you! Mm. I'm probably the best player. Um, I got Atlas as well, an ogre. Um, yeah. I don't want to make of that game. It's not very good. So yeah, I haven't really got four things to review this week. All right. Well, what, why don't you review something that you've reviewed before? Like, is there anything that you've reviewed before that you're happy about or you'd like to go back on? Is there anything that you regret reviewing the way you did back in the day? I don't know. Oh, No Man's Sky. Oh, here we go. New update there for that. There we go. Look at this. You kind of ideas left, yeah. right, and center. No, No Man's Sky had an Tell update. Tell me all about No Man's Sky. Week. So it had a four gig update. On Seven it. gig. Seven gig update. Yeah. Um, they've updated it so like. So you know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> like when you start the game now, it actually sort of leads you on a journey, and it sort of goes right. You need to make like hyper fuel now, the fuel cell for the warp core or whatever warp fuel, wherever yeah. it is. Yeah. And it takes you through the steps of making it and stuff like that. And then it's like, hey, you should probably go to another place and try and find one of these atlas things. And it sort of leads you around to different planets and takes you on. It goes, you need some of this stuff. Why don't you go to this planet and have a look over here? And there's little story stuff coming up about some, like, travellers and all this sort of thing. That's cool. And it seems to change that. You get a, your gun. I went to a space station. This guy was like, give me your frigging gun, your mining laser. And he took my crappy mining laser over me and gave me this ridiculous one. This massive great big thing that had, like, tons of slots for tech on it that I had to repair. Um, and it's a mining laser, a bolt caster, and it can change the terrain. You can, like, make structures in the terrain just by pulling the ground up and stuff like that. Yeah. So you can just make loads of giant dicks everywhere, or curly whirlies. Nice. Yeah, squares and circles, you can dig into the ground. It's really handy if you get stuck in a cave, because now you can just, like, cut the roof out of the cave if you get lost and just dig your way out. Nice. Could have done with that last night when I was on the planet before I got given that gun. Um, but yeah, they, they seem to have, like, tidied it up a lot. Apparently, I think the PC versions had, like, a graphical upgrade done to it, like okay. new textures and everything. But they've, like, tweaked all sorts of stuff. There's a guide in there now, explains how things works, and there's, like, you know, um, actual information, tutorials, proper tutorials going on. But there's still plenty that it leaves you to figure out for yourself. Like, it doesn't doesn't go, oh, you've got plutonium, this is exactly for these things only. It, like, still lets you figure out what you're going to use things for and Mm. all that. Um, It feels like more of of a complete game now, I think. But, um... There's there's a weird sort of multiplayer thing going on now. Um, up to sixteen players can appear around you if they're on the same planet as you, which obviously I haven't seen yet. Mm. Um, you're likely to have seen it. it's pretty slim. You probably have to organise to get together, but you don't actually see the other player. They're like a floating orb, and you can't see what they're doing. Apparently, the idea is is that their their glitches coming through from another dimension. But because um, you know the whole thing with No Man's Sky is that maybe the entire thing's a simulation. Ooh. Spoilers. No Man's Sky, the universe is a simulation. Maybe. I was, I was Maybe. Thought was, I thought it was the first video game ad- um, adaptation of, um, of uh, what's his name? Um, the Dark Tower. No. Uh, be... uh, have you read the Dark Tower books? No. Right, no, because well. Stephen King's a hack fraud. Oh, well. Yeah. That's not what the Monster Squad t-shirt says. So, fuck you. All right. <laughs> yeah, No Man's, no Man's Sky 1.3. Down, download the update. What is cheap like now, isn't it? You can get it fairly cheap and like going to CX is like 10, 12 quid. Yeah. So just grab it. It's a weird, like... It's a much it, better it game goes, now. It goes up in price when it gets an update, which mm. is really funny. So Apparently it's still full price on Steam, but Humble right. Bundle are selling it for $20 or something. Yeah, well, it would be like 20 quid in CX next week yeah. on PS4. 
you know. Well, you know, CX take advantage of the mm. market. Yeah. Yeah, as quick as they can. Exactly. I need um, 65 quid's worth of trading value, by the way. What for? So I can get Guardian Heroes on the Sega Saturn, because I no, sold my copy for 100 quid, and they've got it for 65. Let's never do that. Guardian Heroes is great. No. You're no. racist. Let's never do that. But um, let's let's do talk about the next thing that I was going to review. Oh, so my review's done, is it? Is it done? Yes. Okay. Well, now you've said it's done, it's done. But before, it wasn't. Oh, you've been playing that game about the Colts? Yeah. I remember that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know that one. I was... That's the one that I've been I was gonna review this week, but I haven't hadn't had the chance to really play around on it too much. It feels a little bit like Darkest Dungeon if you didn't have the dungeons. Yeah, yeah, it's like you have to run a cult island and yeah. decide who you're gonna sacrifice. I'm, What's it called? I'm it's Tell called, people. Um, you're reviewing the Shrouded it. No, I'm not yet. Oh, it's well, called the Shrouded Isle. What are you even talking about then? Shut up. Because you were looking at it. Well, well you've got your it. screen up there, it's sorry. distracted. I'm sorry. Um no, the game I am gonna review is an Android game called Slayaway Camp. But it's also available on PC. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? this? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a. Uh, it's essentially no. just a puzzle game. Oh. The i the uh, it's it's all about you've got Slay a character. Away camp. Yeah, you've got a character that can move um, vertically or horizontally, can't move diagonally, and you only stop when there's like a obstacle in your way, and you have campers set out, and you have to flick your character to the right area to get someone they kill them and the yeah. objective is to kill all the counsellors or all the uh, the children at camp and then get to a portal that takes you home to hell this sounds like oh what's that fucking game on the Amiga that was exactly that might have been called Spot maybe I, I remember where you just like go you have to you have to work locks. out the rooms so the way to get around like the way room. you unlock with locks in um, Skylanders when you get the lock Breaking puzzle. I've never played Skylanders. Outrageous. I bought you every copy of Skylanders. I haven't played Skylanders. The only one you had to buy was the new one, right? Yeah, I bought that one because I needed Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, there you go. Um, Anyway, so, uh, yeah, Snowway Camp. It's it's a fairly expensive Android game. It's also available on PC. Um, And I've been playing it a lot. I'm on the fifth film. So you get, like, films. And they're, like, a series, like, Friday the 13th. And so the first one, you play as the guy with the hockey mask. The second one, you've got a bag on your head, or you've got no nothing on your face. Mm. <clears throat> the third one, he plays the mother. You know, and it's the wrong way around. I know, and it's all it's all very cheesy. It's all very like there's videotapes and stuff, and like you know, all in all, it's really good. Mm. Um, I recommend it. It's like three quid, which is a little bit pricey for an Android game. Don't say that. Freaking. Freaking mobile phone games have destroyed the value of video games. I know. It makes people think that all games should be a couple of quid. Yeah. Or free. Yeah. And it's ruined. But ruined. anyway, so for £3 you get a lot of value as well. As you complete the films you unlock new ones, you get yeah. a lot of coins, which is like the in-game currency. You can buy more coins, but there's no point. It's a £3 game when you want you to buy more coins. Yeah, well, you, can only, you only need to buy more coins if you want to unlock shit really quick. What is this, Destiny it's, no, what's the game they announced had microtransactions? Oh, um... Shadow of War. Shadow of yeah, Mordor. Lord yeah, of, Lord, Lord of the Tings. Yeah, Lord of the Tings. Lord of the Tings. Lord of the Tings. Yeah, Lord of the Tings. I'm my interest in that game just dropped right down. Yeah, I'm not that interested. <laughs> I like the first one. I really like the first yeah, one. it's a really good game. That, <laughs> there's like, there's three games that I'll never complete, but I keep playing. Mm. One of them is Far Cry Prime, Primal, and one of them is... Uh, Shadow of War. Yeah. Yeah. Both of them I just... And there's another one. I can't remember which one it is now. But all of them, I just play them. Like, they're like meditation. 
Like I start playing Far Cry Primal with the in, with the with the intention to complete it, and I find it's three hours later, and all I've done is I've hunt one savage man across the map, just Someone stalking him with a with a bow and arrow. And every time he comes across an animal, I try and keep him alive by slaying the animal. Yeah, it's really fun. Just play the game. I mean, that is kind of the game. As in, like you can do that if you want to. You could. Do the missions. Oh, and GTA Five, that's the other one. Sometimes in GTA Five I go and play the main story, but instead of playing it as if I'm going to find a mission or anything like that, I get in a car and pretend to be a normal NPC in the world of GTA. So like I follow all the traffic rules and stuff. And like sometimes sometimes I get like I'm like, oh god, I really really could do with a haircut, I'm gonna become a taxi driver. Oh dear. <laughs> I just become a taxi driver for a bit. Oh, uh, yeah. That's not playing the story, really. I know. Just don't become part of the game. No, oh, dear. Have you ever tried doing that on Skyrim? On Sk- or driving taxis around? No, 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 on Skyrim, the idea is you become an NPC, so you don't go into combat with anything. So you just run away. So you just walk around the place going, it's it's you, the hero yeah. of Kavach. Like, I started trying to become a merchant. But you took an arrow to the knee. No, no. I started becoming a merchant, so what I did was I, I unequipped every item. Except right. for um, except for like clothes, like normal people clothes, like villager clothes, and I just I ran from town to town trying to sell my wares to make yeah. a living. So I could buy a house. <laughs> could have done some quests. I mean, I could have, but that's not what an NPC would have done. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just joined in as an NPC. Okay. I had so many wolves chasing me at one point. <laughs> I just had to get to the next village. Have you never like done that? You never play a game in a weird way? I've got time to do that shit. Like, sometimes you just want to play a game differently. Yeah. Have you ever played, like... Have you played Zelda? No, you Played Zelda like you're you're a a wildlife photographer? Like Breath of the Wild? So instead of killing all the monsters, you try and take pictures of them as they're attacking you. You're supposed to. It's part of of the game. I know, but you don't attack anything. You're trying to keep all the species alive in their ecosystem because you're the most damaging element. I think Ganon is the big... The big evil castle spewing out death. To be honest, Ganon has Ganon is spewing out death, but like everywhere around him is pretty much flourishing. Not really. The, the ground's kind of fallen apart, and the water went purple, and there was only really shit. close to him. Like the rest of them are all doing all right. The moon's blood red. Yeah, but the machines are what are causing most of the issues. Like if you just got rid of those big machines they try to fight him with, that'd be all right. To be honest, no. I think it's a pretty dire situation. Look, right, Donald Trump's in power and we've just got to face it, that's the world that we live in. Mm. And, you know, all right, we could use Ganon as a, as, as a metaphor for Donald Trump, but, you know... Don't bring Ganon down like that. <laughs> yeah, at least Ganon had a plan. Yeah. He did build a wall. And it worked. You had to get a hang glider to get over it. No, he didn't. You Sorry. were on a plateau and you had to dive off it. You need a hang glider to survive the fall. Look, right, you call it a plateau... Some people call it a fence, and some people call it a wall. All I know is can't spell Mexican without can. You're reviewing it. Oh, Slayway Camp. Uh, I yeah. give it... That's what you were talking I about. I give it Tom Atkins. Do you, really? Yeah. On the mobile phone game where you slide a killer around. Yeah. You know why? Why? Because it just it caters to my love of 80s crappy horror films. Mm. I hope they do an add-on with So do 80s crappy horror films. I know. I hope they do an add-on. Yeah, but I can't watch those on the train because people look down on me. I like... I know Ben got arrested. Well, he got pulled away by the police for dressing up as Jason Voorhees on the train once. He was going to the horror 
convention thing in London. Yeah. And he, he just went in his costume. He's Jason pulled. Voorhees. It's a very good Jason Voorhees costume. And yeah, someone called the police on him. And he had to take his mask off and everything and Aww. go home. Wasn't allowed to go. That's a bit shitty. Yeah. Some woman called Whoever the police. Whoever that woman was, fuck you, lady. He used to do that when we worked at HMV. He'd spend, on Halloween, he'd spend the morning dressed as Freddy Krueger, the afternoon dressed as Jason. He'd stand in the queue. Like, just stand behind the customers. <laughs> like, in the queue. No one called the police then, did they? No. Because no. they're not dicks. Part of the show. Yeah, it's Halloweens. Yeah. And we're about to get spooky up in here. No, I'm not. Um, um, do you know what I watched all of? Glow? No, I haven't watched Glow yet. I watched season season three of Power Rangers, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Can you believe how quickly I'm getting through these series? I've, I've come, I, like, okay, right, so for the last few weeks... You have come, yes. <laughs> I have several times. But for the last few weeks, I've, I've come into a room and had a look at the Power Rangers episode you're watching. Hmm. The masterpieces. I mean, like, okay, no, they're yeah. not. No, <laughs> they're not. Yeah. So, in the last two weeks, I've seen a killer pachinko machine. Yeah, that was fantastic, that episode. I've seen... Where uh, Rocky's addicted to pachinko. That yeah. was in season two. God, that's how quickly you're working your way through these. Yeah. I've seen Billy being the only powered Power Ranger. Yeah. And the others being kids. Yeah, that was um, that was another series, though. Okay. <laughs> I've seen... I've also seen fish people go in a car wash. That's another series. Good. Yeah, you're, too, you're getting ahead of yourself. That's my next review. Oh, right, sorry. Yeah, season three of Power Rangers. It's yep. the third year where they were like, this is the point where they've had the film release, the 1995 mm-hmm. classic, yeah, cinematic classic film. They travelled all the way to Australia for and filmed. Ransom. And then like... Starring Mel Gibson. It's not canon. So the first thing they do on the new series, after introducing Masked Rider to get his series spun off, yeah. remember Masked Rider? That was a fan series. Yeah, it was classic. It was no, Master Rider, Rider was somehow worse than VR Troopers. VR Troopers was amazing. Not as good as Big Bad Beetleborgs. <laughs> Big Bad Beetleborgs was the only American show. No, it was Japanese still. What? Really? Yeah, yeah there's two series Japanese show. What? Yeah. No, because I thought Big Bad Beetleborgs was the one that was produced in America. No, no, still use... Set- they're all produced in America, but they all still use footage from Japanese um, Tokatsu shows, the friggin'... Henshins and all that, and your Sentais. It's from friggin' um, I can't remember his name. It's, it's a Beetle-themed show. You're Beetle blowing, robots. You are blowing my mind. So wait, so how long did that show last for? Just two seasons. There's two seasons of Beetleborgs, but only because the Japanese show it was based on, they decided to like really go kiddy afterwards. They like completely changed it and made it big giant heads and stuff, and they were just like, nah. So yeah. The only one of the shows that could have carried on going out of v- VR Troopers, Big Bad Beetleborgs, and Master Rider was Master Rider, and that's the one they cancelled after one series. VR Troopers was a masterpiece. And Troopers 3, yo, virtual reality, yeah. Yeah. Classic, which Where was they... two shows mashed together. Where they would go inside <laughs> of a computer, then come out as... I liked whenever they had the American costumes and they just looked shitty compared yeah. to the Japanese ones. I liked that, you know, it encompassed both our fear of technology yeah. and the advancement of technology and kicking people in the chest. Yeah, it's classic. Good old VR troopers. But anyway, season three of Power Rangers starts off with a multi-part story introducing okay. Master Rider to set up the series. Not much happens, it's kind of dull. Um, the next episode, though, the, there's a multi-part arc 
where the Shogun Megazord, not Shogun, Thunder Megazord from yeah. season two, yeah, gets its ass kicked. Oh no! They introduce Rita's brother Rito Repulso, Rito Revolto, who is essentially Ben from House. No, he's a skeleton guy. He's essentially Ben from House. Yeah. Um, but this this little multi-part story they did because that never happens in the Japanese show. The the show, Ninja Zord, Thunder Zords never get destroyed. In the Japanese show, whatever it's called, Kaku they're, Ranger, they're I think it was. Um, well, the series, they just do one series at a time, don't they? And Rito Revolto is the bad guy in the series that the Zords from this series come from. So they had to shoot entire new Zord fights for the start of the series, and it was all American produced ones, and they're actually really good. Like, they had these really cool city set they built and put it outside, so you had all the skyline and everything, and you get the mountains in the distance. And the guys doing the f- stunts in the monster in the robot suits, it wasn't just like swing sword reaction shot, punch reaction shot or something. Mm. They actually had staged choreographed fight sequences between like two giant zords and a monster with swords clashing and people getting smashed through buildings and stuff. And it was like properly impressive. Yeah. And then it gets destroyed and they go on a quest and they erase the movie from the timeline by getting new ninja powers from a weird guy called Ninja, who's like an ancient mythical being who created the original Zords and the Power Coins. Okay. And he gives them their new energies, so they can become the Ninja ninja Power Rangers with the same bloody costume still. Okay. Um, And he talks like Marvin the Martian for some reason. Great. Okay. Yeah. And he'll just turn up. He'll just come in flying on on a cloud, and he can go big himself, and he can turn himself into like a... Battle version of himself with, yeah. with I think the first CGI sequence in in Sentai it was where he transforms in CGI and it looks a bit. Yeah. Is wait is this the brother of Rita Repulsa? No, no, Rita Revolto is the skeleton guy. He's like hard, look on one side of him he's got camouflage for some reason. The other yeah. side he hasn't. Um, he actually ends up being quite fun in that show. He gets that sort of like. Um, he becomes an anti-hero, doesn't he? Because he sort of helps him out in a couple of episodes. No, in, in season four, him and Goldar lose their memories and they try to um, fit in with Bulk and Skull and yeah. become their friends. But there's a whole thing where, I don't know, I guess maybe it's slightly Beavis and Butted like where he will get himself into accidents that are quite violent accidents and he'll just laugh about it. Mm. Like there's one where he jumps on top of a bus and the bus driver hits his brakes and he goes flying off it and crashes on the floor and he's like, ha, 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 like that. Where, Isn't like he might be brain damaged. Yeah, he's just mental. Oh, nice. But um, the whole series introduces the Ninja Rangers. They get the Ninja Zords. The series it's based on had like five million fucking Zords. Um, cause you remember, you've seen the nineteen ninety five Power Rangers movie, surely with Ivan Ooze. I've seen it a lot. Yeah. I've seen that actually. That's that for me is a good bad movie. Because yeah. you know the CGI Zord in the end of that. It's fucking atrocious. Yeah, it was based on the Zord from the series season three is based on. Ah, okay. But it looks better when it's a guy in a costume. Yeah. But that Megazord is only one aspect of the Zords on the show. There's also the the Shogun Zords, or whatever they were called in Kakaranger, which are like five like robot guys who combine into one big robot guy. So they go from having five little robot guys fighting a monster to having one robot guy fighting a monster, which seems a bit counterproductive to me. I think it would have just got the five of them and just beat the shit out of the guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those swords. And there's another set of swords which don't appear in season three. They appear in the little addendum series. Addendum? Yeah. Um, which I'll get into later. But oh, will you? During the season, Bulk and Skull join the police. Yep, I remember that. They they 
give up their quest to be Power Rangers, which is funny because it's literally the only reason they give up their quest to find out who the Power Rangers are is because Skull doesn't give a shit anymore. Yeah. Bulk's like, I've got a plan to find out who the Power Rangers are and Skull's just like, oh, get lost. No. Because he just wants to start getting laid and making money. Yeah. Um, they make there's some nice little references to the film chucked in in one of the last episodes where, well, I say references, stabs at the film. Mm. Lord Zed says that in one point this thing looks like a poorly made remake of a TV show, and he's like stabbing at the film. Oh, a isn't that bit. isn't that just silly? It's harsh, isn't it? Just harsh. Silly? Well, the film is better than any of the fucking series, were. No, don't be silly. The film isn't very good. Actually, the film's fun. The film's incredible. <laughs> Can we can we just review the movie? I need to get a copy of the movie. I don't have a copy. I need it on Blu-ray. I wonder if it's on Blu-ray. Yeah, I don't think it has been released yet. Hey, hey, don't you say no. I'm still hoping that they release Eight-Legged Freaks this year. No. But um, season, season three is actually really nicely made. They've got good production values. They um, The Americans, because a lot of more of the production was the American side of things in this series, because they were still insisting on using the Zero Ranger, Mighty Morphin, Power Ranger, Diamond pattern costumes Yeah, when the Japanese show wasn't. So any fight that wasn't Zords had to be completely refilmed for the US show. Mighty Morphin, Power um, Ranger. Which meant they had to get the monster suits over. They had to come up with new monsters just for the American show, things like that. Um, production quality kind of jumps up a little bit and there's some better special effects going on here and there. Got some, some digital effects. Um and it's a bit of a wackier show, because I think the show that series was based on was a bit sort of one of the f- comedy series ones, because some of the Sentai series are comedy. Hey, there's a series released right after called Turbo Power Rangers movie. That's Yeah, Turbo the Power Rangers movie is the after season four, start of season five film. Ah. But that actually is canon, whereas the Night Five movie film. isn't. I remember that film very hmm. well. Yeah, Turbo. Got Power Rangers Turbo, go like that. <laughs> no, it's not that. I remember the... Um... There's a scene in which they're all on this old rickety boat because Mortal Kombat came out that year and they had to use the sets, sets again. Probably. Um, and the kid's trying to shout to people and say, hey, there's there's monsters on board, but he can't shout because he's so scared. Oh, he's so terrified. And I remember being a kid and being like, oh, God, I hope that never happens to me. And then I had nightmares that happened to me for like a year. Oh. I was trapped on a boat. My parents were all being murdered. Should have morphed. He should have morphed. Yeah. But I think they didn't have morphing powers at the time. Oh. I think that was part of the film where they didn't have morphing powers, so he had to punch and kick, and it was hilarious. Cause yeah, because they made kid. a kid a Power Ranger. Yeah, they made a 12-year-old boy a Power Ranger. But when he became a Power Ranger, what happened, Ant? He was big. Yeah, he was big. Do you know what the weird thing is, though? Is, like um, Tom Hanks. Loads of Power Ranger fans hate that, because they think they were trying to appeal to a younger audience and stuff. Yeah, of course but they were. it's possibly the most Super Sentai thing that show ever did. Because you know the White Ranger? Yeah. That was a little kid in the Japanese show. Was it? Little kid pulls the talking sword out of a stone and gets turned into the White Ranger. Yeah. And there's a sequence where you see his muscles go, and he gets bigger. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is this is a good series, season three. There's a lot more continuity running through it. Like they they build up to Kimberly leaving over multiple episodes. Oh, like right from the Kimberly start. Leaving. Um, we're doing the whole. Oh, I'm going to go to the Pan Olympic Games or whatever they're called. Um, and she's going to do whatever it's gymnastics. Sure. Um, they have the whole thing with Cat, the Australian girl who turns into a cat and then doesn't anymore. It's never mentioned again. She's become a Power Ranger. I think, yeah, Rita brainwashed her. So she's like a parallel for Tommy. Ah. And so she's like, you know, she's like similar to Tommy that she was brainwashed by Rita to be evil. But she's not evil. She breaks free, the goodness inside comes through. Oh, wow. Um, I think her memory's a bit messed up, though, because in one episode you see a flashback of her failing a diving board thing. She banged her head. But she never actually dove. No. Um, in the next, in the very next episode, she explains what happened, and in her flashback in that episode, she's wearing a different swimming costume. What? 
continuity. They could just use the footage from the previous one, surely. Surely that could just be the memories slowly dissipating over maybe, time and maybe. becoming something else. Do you but, remember Eight Legged Freaks? What? No, no one cares about that film. No, people cared about that film. No. I had some old woman saying cunt. Oh, no. There was a good thing with the Tommy and Cat, though. Yeah. Towards the end of the series, they need to get the Zeo crystals from underneath the Rita's mon- base. I thought you were going to say something much more, much more interesting. Well, do you remember in the film that came out this year, the Zeo crystal was under the ground and Rita yes. wanted it? Yes. Yeah? Well, this is where they got it from. But it wasn't Rita Repulsa, it was a jewelry-eating Kim Kardashian, wasn't it? Uh. Possibly. But they, the Zeo crystal thing, it's important. Yeah. It's important. Why is it important, Anne? It'll come up later. <gasps> and part of the plan was Cat turns up and goes to Rita and says, hey, I want to be evil again. Yeah. Let me join you. I'm going to betray the Power Rangers. Meanwhile, Tommy's going to get the Zero Crystal. But no one can touch the Zero Crystal unless they're super good. So Tommy's all like, but I was bad once. What if it What if it doesn't work and everything goes wrong? The world will be doomed. And then he touches it and he's fine. He touches it and it hurts him at first, but then he's fine. And then he uses Zero Crystal to rescue Cat, who's been like mostly brainwashed to be evil again. Is he, is he fine because... And it's like, you can be good if you believe in yourself. I was going to say, is it one of those things where humans are complex enough that we can have multiple phases and not yeah. just good or evil? Yeah, and plus he was, he was, he was always in self-doubt. He knew full well he was brainwashed, but he just thought maybe the evil's in there in him. But it's not, Tommy's a good man. This is quite possibly the most incredible and serious conversation I've ever had about Power Rangers. Yeah, it was deep, this series, man. Most of the time when I was Lord a kid. Lord Zed's fucking hilarious in this series. Lord Zed has no skin. Yeah, it's alluded to. The reason he's got no skin is because he touched the Zeo crystal, and that's what happened to him. What? So, yeah. Oh, God, it's like Captain America. Yeah. Or more like Skeletor, when he lost his face with the acid. No, because Skeletor, <laughs> Skeletor was a horrible... Okay, all right. So Skeletor's lovely. Don't diss Skeletor. For anyone just... who doesn't know, Skeletor used to be a really handsome guy, which makes his name Lord Creldor. Lord Creldor used to be a really handsome prince, and then one day, one of his spurned lovers. No, no, he was gonna throw acid in. Um, you know, Prince Adam's dad, where yeah. his name king. There you go. His plan was to throw acid in him. He pulled his shield up, and it splashed back onto Creldor's yeah. face. And melted his fucking yeah. face off. In order to save his life, he made a deal with Lord Hordak. Which gave him skeleton face. Yeah. And he became Frank Langella in the hit movie Master of the Universe starring Dolph Lundgren. Which had a sequel. Not officially. Well, it had an unofficial sequel called It was meant Cyborg. to be a sequel. Yeah. Had it was also sequel. meant to be Spider-Man. Hey. Cyborg was the culmination of the what was left over from Spider-Man and Master of the Universe 2. There being cobbled together. Um, but yeah, season three of Power Rangers, the best series yet. And it's only, only... 33 episodes. Thank God. How many more series have you got to review? Infinite. It's They're been going for 20-some odd years. It's still going. Luckily, still the series cut down to about 24 episodes a series soon. Great. I, I can't wait for that. But right. there is another series for me to review. It's only 10 episodes. So I'll do that later. Your okay, turn. Cool. All right. Uh, my next review is going to be short, sweet, and quick. Uh, no. Wet Hot American Summer Series 3 or Series no. 2. Series 2. Series two. Series two, so Wet Hot American Summer three, yeah, yeah, it's a ten year reunion. So at the end of the at the end of the movie, and at the end of the no, it's at the end of the movie because it's the end of the camp day. So mm. at the end of the movie, they say, "Oh, in ten years' time, can we all come back to this day and on this day and meet each other?" And there's yeah. a joke where Michael Ian Black says, "Oh, can we do it at eleven? Because I've got something at 10. And they're like, "Oh, you've always got something on," and they mm. meet at eleven, and that's like, "Ah, I watched this series." Um, this is probably um, the most Michael Showalter episode uh, series of TV that I've ever watched in my life. 
and I watched all of um, I watched all of his series of Michael Moon Black and two Michaels, the Michael and Michael, no, I didn't the see comedy that. show mm. they did. So it was like a sketch comedy show. I didn't even know. get through the whole series of Well American Summer. Did you not? It wasn't as good as the film. No, no, no. It's nowhere near as good as the film, and this yeah. is even worse. Oh, good. But but like there is a nice parallel that I had this month. I got well. Uh, did I review Stranded last month? I don't know. Last couple I don't of think weeks. No. And um, but anyway, so I saw Stranded, which has Chris Maloney in a comedy role. You know Chris Maloney? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played the hero in Superman, Man of Steel. Yeah. He saved the world. He was in Oz. Well, yeah, but he saved the world in Man of Steel, yeah? Bit of a guy's, tip of a guy's dick in Oz. I mean, like, we all do dark things in times mm. of need. But yeah, he was the one in Man of Steel who wasn't evil. No, he was the one in Man of Steel who saved the world. Yeah. Don't he get credit. saved the world. Yeah, he doesn't get any credit for it. No, he doesn't. But, like, he... This... He has probably the, the best line of Man of Steel as well. Hmm. Like he has the, uh, he just slams a figure and he goes, "This is a good death." And I'm like, that line doesn't deserve to be in this movie. And the best line of Man of Steel is when Tom, when Kevin Costner tells his son, "Just fucking let people die, okay?" Yeah, let people beat you up and die. You can save them. Fuck them. They you don't can, deserve you. Can you. Save everyone, but you should just like, just like Par Kent would do. Yeah, but anyway, so we're whole American summer free. Hmm. Um, Christopher Maloney was in Stranded and he was the best thing in Stranded. Mm-hmm. Um, he's That's once... not Wet Hot American Summer. I know, I know, but I'm, I'm getting to a point. And Stranded is an abysmal, shitty movie. Yeah. The best thing about Stranded is Chris Maloney and he's in five minutes of it. The yeah. second best thing is a running joke, but it's mostly Goldie Hawn and Chris Maloney in that movie. So anyway, back to Wet Hot American Summer Season 3. Season 2. So that had nothing to do with it. Wet Hot American Summer Season 3. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, okay, so Wet Hot American Summer 3, uh, it's all about 10-year re- reunion, so everybody's going back and they're trying to join the camp. Um, some of them are trying to beat back who they used to be, and others are trying to live up to the hype of them being teenagers. Paul mm. Rudd's in it a lot more this time, oh, which good. is nice. Um, and his his storyline is He's essentially... He's not doing anything these days, is he? No, <laughs> just all the Marvel movies. Um, Chris, uh, Paul Rudd basically comes back and he's trying to live up to being the camp clown but also the you know the head of the camp for like seven seven or eight years in a row um, and there's a new new kid in town plays it by some little comedy acting shit and they're you know they spar off each other quite well that's interesting um, Chris Pine is back in it was so, Chris Pine in it before? Chris Pine was in the second in the in the series the first mm-hmm. series yeah he played like a singer dude who came back he fell in love with uh, um, Elizabeth Banks yeah, because um, he was like a writer, like a really famous musician. Oh, yeah, 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 he yeah, disappeared. Yeah. yeah. Um, in this one, he's now teamed up with Jason Schwartzman. They're a com- they're like a singing duo. Has it still got that whole feeling where only a couple of the actors were available at the same time? And so uh, no, less so this time. It feels yeah. like they filmed this over like a weekend. No, it doesn't <laughs> feel like they filmed it over a long period of time. Because that's the thing with the last series. There was very much some characters very rarely interact with other characters. This is only like... eight episodes. Yeah, uh, that one was twelve. Was it? Something long like that, yeah, wasn't it? I can't remember. Um, but this is like only eight episodes, and it feels like everybody was all around at the same time. Um, I mean, there are like good jokes in there, but again, as I said, it, it seems like a very Michael Showalter, Michael Ian Black series. Hmm. Um, Bradley Cooper couldn't be around this time, because obviously Bradley Cooper is doing Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff now, so he's a big star. Too big to be in these. Once you hit the Marvel movies, you can't come back for well, this. No, he already did one reunion. He doesn't need to come back. I know. Um, but he's replaced with Adam Scott. The joke is that he's just had a nose job. Oh. But obviously the nose is the only thing that's similar between those two, so yeah. that's kind of funny. Right? Oh. Uh, Adam Scott's great in it. Um, Adam Scott's in it. He plays Michael William Black's boyfriend, who was played by Bradley Cooper in the original series. Yeah. Fucking... Michael William Black wrote 
Bret Hart American Summer to get off with Bradley Cooper, didn't he? Probably. That was the whole. Michael Ian Black is bumped up possibly more immortal than Adam Scott. Yeah. He looks exactly the same. He hasn't changed. He's still even like the same like width. Like it's weird. Mm. But anyway, so it's it feels very Michael Showalter and Michael Ian Black like this series. There's a lot of political jokes around like um, George W. Bush Senior and and um, Reagan, and it's just it's very strange. Mm. The humor gets almost Bob Odenkirk strange towards the end of the episode, and uh, not the episode, the series. Um, there's there's some really great stuff in there, like Chris Pine and Jason Schwartzman. They're not just singers. In the 10 years they've been away, they've actually been turned into cybernetic assassins. Oh, right. Chris Pine has blade hands, and Jason Schwartzman can, like, remove his eye, and it's a camera, and, like, he's, like, essentially a $6 million man. And just stupid shit like that comes into play, because they have to fight someone to stop the cam being taken over. You know, like, John Hamm came back, came in for a cameo on the first season? Yeah. And he was, like, an assassin, and Chris Maloney beat him up. Chris Maloney assembles a super team with H. John Benjamin, who is the cam. Yeah, the talking cam, yeah. yeah. And... Chris Pine and Jason Schwartzman. How are they getting these people to be in this fucking series? I don't know. Cause because they, they pay them scale and they'll do like a weekend's work. I don't know if they are paying them scale because a lot of them seem like they're having a lot of fun. I think they're just in it. Yeah. Like some of them, some of them do need the work. Like there's a couple of people in there that I haven't seen in a long time. Jean Garofalo. She's in loads of shit though. Yeah. She, I don't think she really cares. She made a lot of money in the 90s. Like yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. Like, and I'm sure she's... got she's, mystery men money. She no Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion money. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so um, so or um, soulmates money, the one in which she kills herself. Um, but anyway, spoilers. <laughs> Sorry, guys, soulmates, great film. Uh, but yeah, this feels very strange. I don't think a lot of the jokes are going to hit for a UK audience, which makes it seem weird. Like they didn't just make a movie version because it doesn't need to be four hours long. This yeah. story can be told in two hours. There's I think a lot the first series should have just been another movie. Yeah. There's a lot of filler in this. I don't mm. know why they couldn't tell this story in a shorter space of time. Um, but there's also some great stuff. There's a scene where they reenact a, um, a shot from um, from The Fugitive, where H. John Benjamin, as a can, is on the edge of a waterfall. Uh. And someone's about to shoot him with a gun. And he's like, he's like, no one will survive that drop. And he goes, I'm not just anyone. And then just jumps off. And then he lands, he's like, holy fuck, I survived it. It's just a can. Yeah. So obviously it doesn't matter, but yeah. Whole thing is great. I enjoyed it. But it's also, as I said, UK audience, probably not super friendly to them. If you're American, you know like a little it's, bit about it. The thing is, though, the film in the original and the first series, is like they trade off of the early 80s screwball comedy style. They trade off of like, you know, Porky's and Animal House and all those like teenagers having crazy wacky adventures. Mm-hmm. But that, that wasn't really a thing in the early 90s. Yeah. Which is what this is based off. They probably should have jumped a little later and gone to the late 90s and cashed in on the American Pie style. Well, this this feels a lot like early 90s films. Like the, I think they're trying to emulate that. So mm. there's like stuff like... It feels a bit like Reality Bites. Yeah. Because Michael Showalter, he's in love with one girl, but another girl shows interest. But as soon as he breaks it off with the girl that he's actually in love with, She's not interested. Which one's Reality Bites? Is that the one with my Matthew McConaughey? No, that's the one with Ben Stiller and uh, Ethan Hawke. Yeah. And, uh... What's the one with Matthew McConaughey? God. Ed TV? No, the one where he's all like, all right, all right, all right. You mean the one Mike? No. Matt, that... Oh, Days and Confused. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of Matthew McConaughey films. I don't know why. Yeah, I've got Tiptoes. Classic. Great film. Yeah, uh, but anyway, so yeah, so like, it's, it's really odd. It's next to Tim and Eric's billion dollar movie. Great film. Um, I would still recommend people watch it. 
because it's still quite good, but it's just, you know, it's not... Nothing is living up to that movie. They keep trying to capture that because lightning the movie in a bottle. wasn't 12 hours long. I know. And also the movie was a bunch of really young comedians who were at the height of their comedy striving to find uh, jokes. No, the, movie, the movie's like before any of them were really famous. Like, I know, that's what I mean. This yeah. is all, they're all Paul like, Rudd was still Phoebe's boyfriend in Friends like, yeah. at that point. Like a lot of these actors were still trying to make it big. Yeah. And, and they like, I assume that at the time every one of their stand-ups was so practised and they were trying so hard to make people laugh that that just came through in this like wacky week and a half shoot, maybe three week shoot, and they were all pissed and stoned the whole time. It was just fucking magic madness. It'd be one of those nineties films like um, friggin' um, Pootie Tang and stuff like that, where they just they shot a whole load of stuff and then made it fit together. No, I like, don't think that's the case. With, with there's a load of American... stuff in that film that could easily just be completely removed, and the film yeah. would still play exactly the same. Yeah. But I, I think that that is, it could be a combination of that. Yeah, there could be. Uh, there's probably a whole movie's worth of. Yeah, probably. Like Anchorman. Do you remember the the ultimate oh, yeah. version of Anchorman? There's some stuff in the ultimate version of Anchorman I actually like. It's not as good as the actual film. No, though. no, no. But there and is. It's probably better than Anchorman Two. They're definitely better than Anchorman. Anchorman Two is the biggest part of the dog yeah. shit going. It's so fucking bad. There's no redeeming factor to that. The movie. only thing in the first Anchorman movie that bothers me is it doesn't have the right payoff for the I don't speak Spanish line. No. Because no, there's a deleted scene where there's like I don't speak Spanish where Robert Trejo speaks to him in English yeah. and he's like I don't speak Spanish and that was yeah. cut from the film, but is it runs through the whole film all the way. Yeah. Yeah. There is there is one joke that runs through. No, there's, sorry, there's two jokes in Anchorman Command Two that made me laugh. All right, and one is um, the joke that uh, Paul Rudd makes about him, OJ, and a bunch of other people that got convicted for murdering their wives. Or being part of a gang where they go out in in Los Angeles, find women, and they call themselves the Lady Killers. Oh, and I was like, "Well done, well done, good <laughs> joke." That's uh, that's an intelligent joke. And the other one is um, is David Cockner keeps saying whenever whenever someone mentions an animal, you shouldn't eat or is vermin. He goes, "Oh, bats, chickens of the cave, <laughs> like that." It's like, uh, cats, chickens of the alley." <laughs> Just, just whatever he can get. Babies. Yeah, whatever he can get large Chickens quantities. Chickens of the bedroom. Yeah, there you go. Um, but it just made me laugh a lot. Made me laugh a fuck ton. Yeah. Those two jokes. The rest of the film is... Good old David Kirchner's friggin' early 2000s Hollywood's favourite supporting... He's really good in a lot of stuff. Like, yeah. if you watch thank things you for like... Not, thank you for smoking. Great. Right, that, uh, yeah. If you watch Cheap Frills... No, not seen that. It's uh, the one where him and his girlfriend, played by uh, oh, some actual decent actress... Um, they get Ethan Embry, remember Ethan Embry, Embry from the 90s. He played the main character in Can't Hardly Wait. No, oh, right. He played Rusty in, in, um, National Lampoon's late, uh, last movie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, him and his mate, who is played by, oh, fuck, I can't remember his name. He's actually the more famous actor now as well. Um, but anyway, those two play two guys who are basically picked up by this couple to do dares for money. And the dares steadily escalate. And this mm. couple are just sitting there like, this is fucking hilarious. Like, I, I get to one point where they're, like, telling them to cut off a finger and shit, and they're just like, how much am I going to get for this? Like, half a mil? All right, I'll cut a fucking finger off. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Wet Hot American Summer Season 2, um, or Wet Hot American Summer 3, as I've dubbed it. It's you can't fine. give it your own name. It's even more disjointed than the last one, and, you know, they're losing focus. I think they just make a movie. I think probably best if they just made a movie. Yeah. Or you could edit this so that every everyone's weekend or week that they're at the camp could be just a separate episode, a bit like they did with the Arrested Development stuff. Yeah, they did another Arrested Development, aren't they? They are, yeah. That'd be a good shooting. series. Well, the last series was really good at that. 
Yeah. Did you not like it? It wasn't good until near the end. Well, see, that's the thing. Again, like, that was too long. Yeah. That was like, what, 15, 16 episodes? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, way too long. I didn't like the whole... It's that whole thing where a lot of the Netflix shows... It's sort of phasing out a bit now, but the whole thing I was saying with Netflix shows where you can tell when the actors weren't around at the same mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Because they do a lot of bottle episodes. Like, mm-hmm. all the shows did. Well, you know what the ultimate thing is going to be is next week. You know, all the Defenders. Yeah, we're going to find out how much uh, how much they really can do. Yeah, but I think they've, they've wormed that out now. Like, because friggin' Orange is the New Black was like that a hell of a lot in the first few series. Where it would, you know, Piper, especially Piper would gradually disappear from it. And in the latest series, she's actually present through the whole thing a lot more. Yeah, but she doesn't need to be in the latest series. Yeah, they're phasing her out a bit. But well, um, it's because yeah. she, in the book, she left prison after a year and a half. Yeah, but she's still got three months left. How long have they been in there for? One year. It's no. been a year, yeah. It was in the series, they mentioned it was a year. Fuck, man. She had 15 months, didn't she? Alright, yeah, so uh, Wet Hot American Summer Season 2, or Wet Hot American Summer 3, I give it... Uh, ooh. Ah. Ah. I give it a Melissa McCarthy. Some people are really going to like it. Other mm. people are not going to like it. And you know, that kind of affects how you shrill. It kind of affects how you're gonna enjoy the whole experience. Yeah. Like I almost didn't watch Spy because she was in it. And I knew like I, I knew it was gonna be like, oh fat lady falls over, oh fat lady can run fast, oh fat lady can beat people up. It's like every every time her weight comes into the picture, it is always a joke to be had, either by the person who's writing the film or the director or herself. Do you ever watch Mike and Molly? No. It's like four seasons that and her and Mike never lose any weight and the whole thing was them meeting up at a weight loss group. I mean, like, like some people are just happy with their size, but I think that... Yeah, maybe. You've you got to be careful. Like, when you get into a lot but of... But Mike's going to die soon. <laughs> I know. Like, well, Molly's not doing well. She's probably healthier. She she might be, but her weight goes up and down. It's not good for your heart. I'm really concerned. It depends how photoshopped she is on this cover of whatever film she's on now. Yeah, that's true. Like I the heat... Get- this is the thing that I find really strange is that like I understand promoting a body image that's like good and stuff. I get it. Like make people happy with who they are. But there's always this fear I have that we're just gonna get into an environment where we'll be like the woolly people and it'll be like, Oh, just feel good about how you are. It's like no, it's you gotta to get to a point where somebody's go for a jog. Someone's gonna to need to Well the woolly people have um, video games to do the jogging for them. They can just hit they can just push the thing forward and it'll roll them. Stop drinking stuff like that. Get a fucking glass. No. <clears throat> Jesus. Glass is a less efficient delivery system. No, it's not. So anyway, your review out. Okay, so I watched Mighty Morphin Alien Rangers. What? <laughs> it's the ten-part miniseries that ends, that comes after season three of Power Rangers and before Power Rangers Zeo. Is this a fucking thing that I watched the other day with you for like five minutes? This is the one where basically all the Rangers got turned into kids at the end of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Season 3. They're helpless. And now they need to find a way to save the day. But they can't protect the planet from Master Vile, Rita Repulsa's dad, who showed up and was pretty effective for a couple of episodes. Then he just buggers off. Um, He he almost takes over the world like twice. And then he just leaves after one defeat. He just goes, screw it, I'm out of here. Um, but yeah, they, they they called on some alien rangers from Aquitar. They got stupid masks on their head and, and they, they wobble. They need water. 
They need clean, pure water to hydrate themselves and stuff. But what the series really was, was a chance for them to basically use the footage from the Japanese show for a bit. So they had like a few episodes of using the Japanese fight sequences, but they still filmed a whole bunch of new stuff using the ranger costumes from the Japanese show, which are quite cool looking costumes, like the little little emblems. Yeah, the little like ninja ones. Like, yeah, they got like the because you know when they in the movie and the series they have the ninja costumes. Yeah, and they have like the headband and everything. Yeah, but the morphed rangers have like a headband over their visor and a mouthpiece cover, so they look a little bit like ninjas with plastic masks. That's cool. quite cool costumes. Yeah. Um, not the best Power Ranger costumes ever, but they're pretty good. Hmm. Um, but this 10-part series was to do that. They have the Power Coins getting destroyed. The Zeo Crystals, when they saved the Zeo Crystal at the end of Season 3, they yeah. broke it into five pieces. <gasps> and each of the pieces, they were a different shape. What? And that was a little hint of what was coming for Zeo. Because you know in Zeo, they've got the star-shaped visor, the triangle visor. Yeah. All that stuff. Um, so what happens in this series is they fight Master Vile a bunch and they re- Billy gets a device to make himself into an adult, and his plan is to use it for each of the rangers using the power coins to power it. Okay. But Rito and Goldar steal it and take the power coins, and they destroy them. As they are to do. Yeah, so there's no powers. Billy's big, so now Billy, who is probably about 30 years old by this point, but still in high school, is hanging around with a bunch of small children. Um, And their plan is to get the Zeo crystals, which were dispersed through time and space, um, is to send the children unguided... to different parts of history to pick up the crystals. Let's talk about Billy for a it's second. It's a bit dangerous. Billy let's, stays behind. Let's talk about Billy What's for wrong a with Billy? Nothing's Billy's wrong. lovely. Nothing's wrong he's with Billy. He's the best ranger, fact. Let's just let's just say nothing's wrong with Billy. Right now, yeah. Billy is safe. He's yeah. fine. Yeah. But there was something about Billy that the producers of Power Rangers didn't like. What was wrong with Billy that they didn't like? Um, His hairline receded. Was that because his boyfriend was having sex with him? No. The producers, it was apparently just camera crew and stuff like that, set crew that had the problems with him. Really? Yeah, apparently the cast and the producers and all that were always quite supportive, but it was the, it was crew and stuff and daily shoots and all that and being jerks to him. Just not enjoying their company. Yeah, but Billy was the best ranger, it's a fact. It's a fact that Billy was the best ranger. Yeah, yeah, he's really good. He's the, he's, he saves the day more than pretty much any other ranger. Uh, with his technology and his ability, his mechanical devices he builds. He is the most... He builds fucking Zords in the next series. Really? Yeah. Billy is pretty important, isn't he? Yeah. But, um, yeah, they send them all through time. There's um, Kat, the Australian one, the little girl actress that plays her younger self. Yeah. Is, has, like, the worst Australian accent ever. It's amazing. You're on from Australia? It's, no, it's better than that. Oh, really? She's just like, Tommy, what are we going to do <laughs> now? Oh, no, Tommy. I'm back in But, um, yeah, she goes into a weird, like, David Lynch-esque thing. She goes off to Australia. She's like, am I back home? She's some kangaroos. And then someone pulls up in a car, and it looks like her. It looks like Kat. It looks like the adult version of her. And you yeah. think, oh, maybe this is like an ancestor of hers or something. But she's in a modern car. So, can't be that old. Mm. You'd think she'd know her. Um, and they're driving along in this car. And along the way, this old lady turns up. And it's also Cat, Like, it's an old, a really old version of herself. And she's like, I need some help. I need help getting home. And the girl in the car, the cat in the car is like, well, you can't help her. You're not going to be able to get your Zeo crystal if you go help her. And then she helps And her. young cat's like, I'm going to help her. And then she saves the day. Yeah, and then she gets the crystal. The old lady had it all along. Oh, so it's yeah. a test. Yeah, it's probably a test. But where's this weird time zone where, like, 
there's two versions of herself other than the young cat who look exactly like her and one of them just looks like she's got some like really basic old lady makeup on her face and like why does this time zone exist? I don't know. It's weird. Tommy goes on a vision quest. That's quite cool. Gets given an arrowhead, half an arrowhead. Yeah. He needs to find the other half of the arrowhead. <gasps> That's in season four. They're setting stuff up. Continuity. I like it. So yeah. wait, why does he have to find the other? That there's something he gets. He gets given the uh, half an arrowhead, and this old Indian Native American guy is like, "Hold on to this. Yeah. Soon you will find the other half." Wow. And it will unite something. Spoilers. He finds his long lost brother. Because oh, the, the next series does this really clever thing where they there's another ranger turns up out of nowhere and starts helping them, Shit, and they keep clever. teasing you with who you think's going to be the who the gold ranger is. And it's his brother. It's not. Oh. Billy decides to leave the Power Rangers in season four, but he just hangs out in the command center fixing things. Billy decides to leave because of his sexuality. No, because there's only five zero. Because remember they broke the zero crystal into five oh, pieces. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's six of them in there. So Billy's like done the math. Wait a second. Wait. Billy did the math before anyone else. I'm right. You're right. You're yeah. right. Holy shit. That's um, right, guys. There's also I the whole can thing. Confer. There's also the whole thing with Aisha. She gets sent back in time to yep. Africa because she's black. So of course they're supposed to be get. It's implied that they're going. The the crystals went to somewhere important to them. So maybe it's her ancestors or something. Um, she drops off right in the middle of a place with lions and shit. Oh yeah. Stock correct. footage lions. Oh, so she's in no oh, danger. Yeah, okay, so she's safe. Um, and she meets a girl called Tanya. And then the producers decide that they don't want Aisha anymore and they send Tanya back to the future instead. What? So Aisha just sort of doesn't really get a send-off. The young child actress does. And then you see her, like, helping the village later as an adult when time's been put back to normal. Um, And it's kind of a bit sort of like... This is like the fourth time now. They've just kind of stuck a middle finger up to one of their Power Rangers. and It's really weird. Yeah. Kimberly's the only one who got a send-off. But that's because it was Kimberly. Yeah. Kimberly's good. Well, she's super important. But I bet they regret not giving a Trini a good send-off, though, didn't they? <clears throat> she died in a car crash. And they a never got later. to bring her back. It wasn't that long after. It was like 2001, wasn't it? Oh, God, yeah, it was only like four years later. Um, yeah, poor, poor her. Zach never came back, I don't think. Um, but yeah, whatever yeah. happened to Zach? He didn't like. He's on a. There's a film coming out that's got a whole bunch of Power Rangers in it. I can't remember what it's called. But um, yeah, Jason's in it, and Rocky and Adam and all sorts are in it. Um, but yeah, he's. G- I bet they wanted to get away from those roles their entire careers, mm. and they just can't escape it. I don't know. I think they had fun with it, don't they? They sometimes crop up again in like um, future episodes where you know where they pull, call on the old Rangers and whatnot. Yeah. Um, Tommy's in it a bunch. He's like. There's even a multi. There's like a comic book. Of Power Rangers that's been doing Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, hmm. and apparently it's pretty good. I've been told by one of my buddies it's like that's actually surprisingly good. Um, and there's a villain in it called Lord Dracon, which is like an evil version of Tommy from the future, who's a white and green ranger combined. What? And he's got like this giant dragon sword that looks like a big futuristic dragon sword. Looks quite cool. But um, yeah, this this little mini series was like painful to watch because you had these aliens with stupid voices and child actors through the whole thing, and they are universally awful. Except for the kid who plays Adam is a better actor than Adam is. Which is weird, because Adam is probably the most successful actor who's ever been on Power Rangers. What did Adam go on to do? Um, he's Johnny Young Bosch. You know, the voice actor of like practically every anime you've ever watched. Well, obviously I don't know, but now Wait, I do. You know the newer dub of Akira? He's Tetsuo. Oh, we that. had this conversation. Yeah. We had this conversation. Yeah, he's like... Genuinely successful. If you've ever played a Japanese game, chances are he's done a voice in it. 
Like, you know, I think Fist he's done Joyce and all Voice and all sorts. I think he was on the new Fist and All Star, I think. New Fist and the North Star? Yeah, the three one off stories they did a few years back. What? Yeah. Which is really good actually. I've got them on D V D. Oh. Um but yeah, it's the little mini series is it's troublesome because of the little kids and stuff, it's just kind of annoying to watch. Because yeah. apart from Kath, the little kid who plays Catherine because her accent is fucking hilarious. Um but it's kinda of cool they brought back the same kids who played the younger Tommy and younger Billy in the previous series. Mm. They even make a point of how this is the exact same plot device they did last year. <laughs> so it's like, you realise we've done this before. We've turned back. We spun the world backwards before and turned everyone into kids once already. It didn't work. And Master Vile's like, it's going to be fine. Yeah, it's fine. Don't it's fine. He's like, oh shit, I'm out of here. And he runs away. Oh. Um, which is funny. Brave of him. Yeah. But it's it's a nice, like, I kind of like the idea how they... They did this 10-episode series to test the idea of a new theme such Chuck Tune, because they were clearly scared to change anything too much on Power Rangers, weren't they? They only ever changed the Zords, and they kept all the cast the same. They kept the Ranger costumes the same and all this. But they did this series where they test new music, where they show new costumes for the Rangers, where they have new Zords for just this series, which is actually just alternate versions of Zords that he had for the rest of the series. Less armoured versions of them. Mm. Um they tested a whole bunch of little things like that to see if they could get away with it. They've strung in the continuity for Zio, so they're planning ahead. And then Zio happens next year, which I'm four episodes into so far, but I will get on with it. Because Zio is actually quite a good series, apparently. A lot of people say it's one of the best ones. Really? And I think season three of Power Rangers was really good so far. Like, actually genuinely a decent series in terms of simple kids' TV, which gives you a good positive message about, you know... Life. Not being a dick to the people and stuff. Yeah, that's why Bob and Skull keep getting fucky at well, Bulk and Skull, like, they stop really being bu- they stop being bullies as it goes along, and they become, like, better, and they become more interested in being Still heroes. so fucking irritating. But they're just, they constantly want to take shortcuts, and that's kind of where they screw up. But Bulk and Skull, they're, like, genuinely, like, a really good comedy act together. Like, they know their characters, and they know how to do all the things. There's loads of bits in the end credits on this series where they've been, like, outtakes and goofs and alternate takes of scenes and stuff like that playing. And those two guys know their stuff. I mean, yeah, but they're shitty and irritating. They're brilliant. Bulk and Skull are as good as Trevor and Simon, and Trevor and Simon are some of the best comedy acts in the world. I hate them so much. It's because you're racist. Yeah, I do hate white people. Yeah. Anyway, your last review? No. No, third review? Get on with it. Well, I'm not the one who talked about Power Rangers for a fucking year. Yeah, well, I don't do much this... I don't have much money to watch things and buy 3.99 mobile phone games. (laughs) La-di-da. Just join the Google... Google, whatever it is, program we just they sent me a pound. I can't find anything that's not Tomb Raider for a pound. Oh right, did you have you not been doing the? They'd send like no, they just sent me an email saying I could have a pound. Oh, just join the survey thing. You get like fifty p a go, and they yeah, and a million phone calls. No, you don't get phone calls. You just have an app. It just it gives you a buzz when you've got a new survey. Anyway, my uh, third review. If this ever loads, it's loading. It's loading. (laughs) Almost said. Get for fucking trying to plan ahead. Now, my third, well, my third, but the sixth review is... Have you not planned ahead? No, I have. I have. It's another Netflix thing. It's called uh, A Message from the King. It's an action film starring Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman? Yeah, the new new Black Panther. I thought Boseman was the one who made the stereos. So anyway, this is a new film on Netflix, available for streaming right now. Um, Well... What can I say about it? It's a bit like uh, every black exploitation film from the seventies. Oh, sweet! So, a man is uh, a man travels to America from Africa, 
or somewhere. I can't remember where. I think it's Africa. He travels to America to uh, find his sister after receiving a distressing phone call. A distressing phone call. Um, gets to America to find that she has disappeared. Bum bum bum. And uh, he is trying to track her down. In doing so, someone mentions why don't you visit the morgue? They they're probably going to that. Goes to the morgue. Lo and behold, sister's dead. Oh shit! Holy fuck! Well, that right? film's short. Um, so he goes to a DIY shop and he buys a bike chain and he uses the bike chain to beat the living fuck out of everyone. Sweet. Yeah. Sounds cool. Yeah, it's pretty good. Nice. I mean, I don't really have any. Does he attach anything to the bike chain? No, no. Just he like wraps it around his fist to punch people with it. But he just like he gets to the DIY. I put nails through the gaps in the chain. No, 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 nothing like that. It just fucking whips people with it, puts it around people's necks, and puts his knee to the back of their neck. It's just great. It's great movie. It's awesome. Uh, But um, it's the scene where he gets it. Hmm. Like I was hoping, because on the front cover, like not the front cover, on the image, they've got like him holding like a whip. And I thought for a second they were trying to like reappropriate the whip after like years of it being a signal, a sig- significant symbol of like slavery and punishment yeah. and torture. I thought it was going to be a reappropriating, a reappropriation of that as a weapon for people to go like. I know Indiana Jones tried to do it, but still seems like a bad thing to have, you know, to use on people. So uh, he, I thought that's what it was going to be, but no, he just goes into a DIY shop, gets a bike chain. He walks out of the DIY shop and then in the scene, like outside the doors of the place where he's just bought this fine piece of wares, he just goes and he snaps it so it's like a long whip. Yeah. Just beats people up with it. Nice. <laughs> you know that in America you can get more p- deadly weapons. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I think it probably takes a little bit more time. He does eventually go that route. But for the most <laughs> part, like, um, it's a, it's a really interesting, weird film. Hmm. I don't know who made it. I don't know if it was made this year or last. Probably last year. But uh, I kind of really liked it. Yay. Um, I mean, it's not a great film. But it was never made to be a great film. Like, there are very heavy-handed scenes. Not the acting's not great. You're saying Chadwick Boseman? Chadwick Boseman's great in it. He doesn't say very much. Most of the time he just does like a Will Smith impression of doing someone African. It's like, it's like, why aren't people talking about their brains? Like that, like, have you seen Concussion? Yeah, it's an accurate South African accent. That was not. It's a Boa accent. That wasn't meant to be South African, that was meant to be African. No, there's a South African accent. But that's what, that's it's what, Boa. that's what Will Smith sounds like in Concussion. Yeah, because he's a South African. He's meant to be South African? Yeah. Like, they were black South Africans, I don't know how to explain. Why don't people wear helmets? Yeah. Why do we not talk about this? Yeah. We must talk about the brains. Like, um, friggin' Leonardo DiCaprio in <laughs> Blood Diamond. You have to talk with a pinch of salt, yeah, Kaffa? Hmm. What was going on with his voice in that thing? Uh, anyway, so that's besides the point. In the name of our king, or, uh, message from the king. It's so nasty, You're yawning. I'm sorry, I'm real tired. We should have. I should have had a coffee before this. We should have got the podcast ready earlier. I know, right? Yeah. I made us pizza. That was my mistake. And then you sat downstairs for ages. Yeah, I was finishing watching an episode of Blood Drive. Review coming soon! Uh, yeah. But for the most part, yeah. Mess from the King. I really enjoyed it. I don't think it's for everyone. It's much like it's much like Wet Hot American Summer. It's almost the same sort of... It's very stylistic. Uh, it's got a great Oliver Platt in it. It's got a really good Luke Evans. Ooh. Um, Which one's Luke Evans? The one from... Uh, Fast and Furious played Jason Statham's brother. Oh, yeah. Dracula Untold. Oh, He played yeah. Dracula. Yeah. In Marvel's Dooku universe. 
What? He was meant to be the kickoff point for the Marvel Dark Universe. No, uh, for the uh, Universal Universal Dark Dark Monsters. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it's not a thing now. I mean, it is. Possibly. At the end, Charles Dance says, let the games begin. And that's when you know, shit, he's going to meet the mummy, and they're going to have zombies, and they're going to be on an adventure. Oh, it's going to be shit. There's a point where Tom Cruise looks down at his hands in the new mummy film, and he's covered in bandages. And I laughed so hard that people in the cinema told me to shut up. I was like, it's the end of the fucking movie. <laughs> like, they were literally like, like will you be quiet? And I was it's like, a serious movie. It's in the movie. <laughs> he's got bandages on his hand. He's a mummy. That's how you know he's a mummy. No, he's a mummy. You don't have mummies in that. They're not mummies. They're mummies and zombies. There's some zombies in it. Controlled by the mummy. So, a message from the king. I recommend you watch it. But I can't really recommend it to everyone. So. Well, you're not meant to recommend stuff to everyone. Things aren't for everyone. I'd give an Eamon Holmes. Things are for individual people. I'd give an Eamon Holmes. Yeah. Yeah. No one likes Eamon Holmes. Exactly. But some people like Eamon Holmes. No, there's only weird people. Oh, okay. I recommend it to anyone who's seen the film uh, The Thing with Two Heads. Have you seen that film? No. I recommend it to anyone who's seen Blackula. Have you seen Blackula? No. I recommend it to anyone who's seen Vampire. Seen Vampire? No. I recommend it to anyone who's seen uh, Coffee. Coffee was the one with Pam Grier, wasn't it? Kofi. Kofi? Coffee. I recommend it to anyone who likes Shaft. You love Shaft. Shaft. (laughs) I love Shaft Goes to Africa. You love Shaft Goes Up Your Bum. (laughs) I might. Who knows? The night is young. Mm. And it's your next review. Um, so Power Rangers... No. Um, I watched... I watched... The newest film from Bong Joon-ho called Okja. Okja. It's a film... Oh, shit, I forgot I watched that. Yeah, I watched it. Shut the fuck up. I watched it like three weeks ago. Shut the fuck up. It was like, I watched it when it was first on Netflix and I was like, well, this is a film, I guess. It's a great film. It's like I mean, this is a film, film, I guess. Yeah. There's two things that are good about that film. All of it. Jake Gyllenhaal. All of it and all of it. And The Little Girl. It's a fantastic film. <laughs> it's Boom John Ho doing what he does best, which is not giving a shit about the way modern films are all like one tone through the whole thing. He's got an agenda in that, though, don't you know? He likes to tell you a story. He's got an agenda in that, though, don't you know? I don't care about all that shit. He's got an agenda in that, though, not don't really. you know? No, no, Do you know that Bong Ho Jin is, has an agenda in that movie? Does he? Really? Yeah, what's, what do you think the agenda is? I don't know. To further the vegetarian message? Oh, outrageous. Um, no, it's... Stop drinking your fucking ginger beer. Like that. It's really loud. See that peak? That was your bottle. Anyway. So it's a film where the premise is that's a big company called Monado. Monado? Monado? Something like yes. that. Yes. Wrong by Kate Blanchett number one. No, not Kate Blanchett, Tilda Swinton, number one. Yes. Um, they've got these genetically engineered super pigs, and they're trying to convince the world that they're not genetically modified or anything like that. There's a whole thing where it says no GMO. They're trying to make people not yeah, scared. Yeah, they These are proper pigs. All super through pigs. natural methods. Yeah, it's not. It's nonsense. Yeah. Um, and they've given a bunch of pigs to these farmers all around the world, and in 10 years they're going to check on them. It's in 20? 10. Yeah. Is it 10? ten? It's twenty-six farmers from around the world. Ten years later, they're going to yeah, check yeah, on no, them. Sorry, I thought I, I thought you were getting it wrong with it. I thought you so said ten, ten years, ten farmers. No, it's fine. So and then 
you pick up ten years later where there's a little girl and her granddad have raised one of the super pigs and it's fucking massive. It's yeah. huge. Big old thing. It's called Okja. And they win the competition. Yeah, because none of the other ones survived. No, so they survived. Oh, they're all weird. Yeah. They're all really weird, aren't they? No, you see like um, all the experimented ones on later. Mm. But um, yeah, you see photos of some of the other ones from around the world and they're just not as big. Not quite as big. So let, they let Okja run around. It's a really intelligent animal. You can see a lot of times where he like, shows signs, she shows, shows signs of a higher level of intelligence mm. throughout the film. You know, even understanding um, friggin' how pulleys work in one bit. Yeah. Um, ready to start. And it's kind of interesting because it's like this whole thing, it, it reminds me a bit of like My Neighbour Totoro in some places. But at the same time, also, there's people who want to eat them. There's people who have their own motivations and they all want, there's like an animal rights group who are trying to free Okja, but they they intend to send it to the bad guys so that they can like get footage of what's going on inside. Yeah. Which is kind of, it's that the whole thing, everyone's got conflicted ideals. They've all got like two layer, two roots that like. Everyone's an oxymoron. Yeah. You know? ev- everyone in the whole film, apart from the little girl. Yeah. The little girl and her dad. She just wants her pig back. That's well, all the she dad, wants. The dad is the same. The granddad's still a bit of a mess because he was just going to let the thing go, but he's guilty yeah, about it. The reason it. he was going to let the thing go is because they made an initial, like they made an investment so they could get one of the pigs. That was the yeah. idea. So they paid a yeah. certain amount, and then after the few years, they were going to get a large sum if they were able to raise the best pig. Yeah. Or they would just have the investment returned. It was more yeah. like an insurance policy than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, um. But every yeah, everyone's got like probably really well defined versions of conflicting. Emotions like Jake Gyllenhaal's character, who's like at the start, you, you, at the start of the film, you get the impression he's some major celebrity. Everyone loves him; they all cheer for you, him. You reckon he's so worldly, and he's like he's like he's an like, animal lover. They yeah. called the show Animal Magic, which was actually a real name of a show from the nineteen sixties yeah. and seventies in the UK. Yeah. Um, and then by the time it goes ten years later, he's kind of a bit washed up, yeah. and you get the impression that no one really likes him. He's old hat now, um, but he's got this whole thing going on where he doesn't really want to harm the super pigs, but He's getting extremely junk to help himself get through it. Yeah. And he's going to, and he knows they're all monsters and everything, but what else is he going to do? No one likes him anymore. Yeah. Um, Kate Blunt, um, Tilda Swinton's character, um, freaking whatever her name was. She just wants to make all the money. She wants to make money, but she does what she cares about making, about throwing away the really bad image the company has, but she doesn't realize that she's doing basically the same stuff. Yeah. She's doing all the bad things. And her conflict is literally physically represented in a twin sister mm-hmm. who turns up towards the end of the film um there's nice nice little subtle things where she's tried to differentiate herself from the other side like Long she has braces and... yeah she has braces at the start of the film and her teeth are refined and then when her twin sister turns up tilda swinton's doing her buck tooth thing mm. that she does occasionally um but the film's beautifully put together bong jin hung is a friggin master filmmaker like he did snowpiercer and he did friggin um the host and stuff like that. Like, yeah, they're all they're all films that different genres. Yeah, they're done in a way that. Um... He's like the main common thread he has for a lot of his films is usually something involving eating, mm-hmm. survival of a species, conflicts of decision making, stuff like that. Incredibly kinetic shooting as well. He's freaking superb director. That's freaking incredible. And for a movie that's on Netflix for fifty million dollars, that freaking CGI was really freaking oh, yeah. impressive in you some parts. You should see it in four K. It's yeah. fucking incredible. Yeah. Like, that's a, it's you know, a fantastic you know film. The, you know at the beginning you were talking about the pulley scene? Yeah. Like, that looks good in 1080p. Hmm. In 4K, it looks like you're just right away from a yeah. jungle. It looks just so dense, and there's so much detail to everything. And mostly CGI shot as well. Yeah. There's all, all sorts of really great stuff, stuff though. Like, the freaking like, 
shots in the in the um in the underpass in the tunnel with the cars mm. and you can see like this actually really densely packed mm. some excellent stunt sequences that little girl is an action hero mm. <laughs> that part I love when she tries to get into the building by jumping at the glass wall yeah. <laughs> and she just goes boom straight into it which you could tell was coming and then it just goes yeah. and shatters um loads of people shouting Korean at each other arguing <laughs> all that yeah. sort of stuff um but it's beautiful he makes fantastic films that actually have substance and that yeah. have like depth and there's a whole thing where it's like they humanise this creature and you don't want it to die but at the end of the day it's meat and that's it's like that that creature's a cow and the method they use for executing it is just the when you see it at the end when they're executing the cows it is literally the same way they do cows in the slaughterhouse yeah. like boom popping the head turning around slit you know yeah. all this sort of stuff there's some really nasty like gory looking stuff and it's really vile to see but it's like this is making you aware that this is stuff that happens to real animals and stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's worse. Yeah. It's, it's much worse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. fucking disgusting. But they, like, they make sure that you you human humanise the, like, Okja from yeah. the start. Um, that's why they shows intelligence and stuff like that. One and, of the most interesting things is that they do yeah. say, like, how long is its life expectancy? Yeah. Like, how, how long could we leave it alone before we do this? Yeah. And they say, oh, they, they don't know how long it's going to live. Yeah. It could live for a hundred years. Yeah, you know. I don't know. Could do. It's like, well, fuck. <laughs> well, we just got cows and pigs out. It turns out they live like 20, 30 years as well. It's like, what? <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's a it's just fantastic film. Yeah. Like I said, it's it's the kind of film that, like, as a vegetarian, like, mostly vegan person, like, I, I avoid... I avoid like cheese and milk and stuff when possible, or if like I'm having something like that, I have it once a week. Mm. But when it comes to something like this, this is someone. Ha- I, it seems very agenderist. Yeah, it does seem like it's it's almost like the visual representation of the Paul McCartney quote that every fucking vegan has on their Facebook wall. It's just like, oh, if, if slaughterhouses were made of glass and you could see inside, no one would eat meat ever again. It's like, no, there are still dickheads out there. Like, you look at any McDonald's in the UK, and there are people in there that could have educated themselves but didn't, and now they're heinously fat, horrible human beings that are slowly dying, and they're doing it to themselves. Don't generalise McDonald's customers. They make I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that they're all like that. Make I'm lovely burgers. In Woking alone, there are people using mobility scooters that are our age. Oh, yeah, because they're just gross. Yeah. They need to move. It's not that gross. It's not that gross. It's just it's there's a lot of people that are... They don't think about what they're doing to themselves. Yeah. They blame everyone else but themselves. And that's like the definition of an eating disorder. And I've, like, I've suffered from eating disorders. I've had issues where I, I don't know when I'm full. So I can eat a lot of food and just keep going. I have some weird disconnect between my stomach and my head. So when I'm eating, I have to focus on how much I'm eating or I'll forget or I'll just keep going. You just tend to forget anyway and just leave food lying around. I fall asleep a lot. Yeah. I might have ME or MS or something. Possibly. Well, it's probably ME. Should do what I tell you to do. Take some control over your nighttime schedule. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Instead of me opening the door and finding the lights on everywhere. Yeah. Because you just passed out. Don't lie down when you're Don't watching stuff. Don't lie down. Never lie down. Yeah. Sit if up. You, if you die in the game, you die for real. Yeah. Like Frankie Muniz said. It's like Frankie Muniz said. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh, just a really... But it is. It's one of those things that it does have an agenda. It clearly has an agenda. But it That's doesn't fine. feel... 
Yeah, it is fine because most most of the greatest films that we have film should have say agenda. something. Yeah, most of the greatest films we have have an agenda. Look at Schindler's List. It's like let's never do this again. Snowpiercer was about the hierarchy of like class systems and yeah, and the idea that that the only way you can ever make that ever get rid of the people at the top, the one percent, which is literally one person, yeah, who literally uses the blood and sweat of the poorest people to keep his thing going. The only way you can get rid of it is to rise up against them. Well, you know what's even better about that. It's uh, the 1% are going, well, this is fine. The world is going to end eventually. But as mm. long as I keep standing on the heads of the poorer, I'm not going to die. Yeah. Like, it's it's essentially what... Like, that was a film about global warming. Mm. That was his issue then. And then before that, you've got you've got the idea that we're fucking the environment again. But with that, it was more about, you know, we're dumping stuff and we're making shit happen. We don't really have a rain yeah. on it at all. Um and now you've got this, which is a vegetarian, vegan advert, basically. It's just people going like, we shouldn't be killing these animals. We're doing bad things, guys. And then everybody's like, we are, but we're making a but lot of money. But they are tasty. Yeah, that's one of the things that I find so fucking infuriating, is that like everyone in the film, their argument is just, oh, they taste really good. It's like, yeah, but I like the taste of an apple. I like they don't show anyone eating the meat from yeah. the pigs until after you've seen yeah. Okja get um, the sample fat yeah. taken out of them. Sample meat and all that, yeah. Um, it's just brilliant. I love freaking Giancarlo Esposito's in it. He's yeah. freaking fantastic actor. I was he's involved in food again. I would not trust him <laughs> around food. I know what he transports around with his chicken. Yeah, um, that guy's dangerous and shouldn't be allowed. Paul Dano's great in it. Great to see Steve Yuen in it. Paul Dano's really weird in it. Yeah, he, he's. Paul Dardo. Yeah, it's true. His like, hands and feet just disappeared once. It was weird. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Dardo was the person that made Prisoners such an engaging film to me. Yeah. I really like Prisoners. Yeah. He's great in everything. He's like freaking... Yeah. In freaking uh, Little, Little Miss Sunshine, Sunshine and all that. Yeah. yeah. Looper. Incredible. He's funny Looper. He's, he is funny Looper. Yeah. Um, there's Steve Wenz in it, which is good. Because the thing was, me, like, a lot of the cast from Walking Dead... Yeah. Because it's a hit show and they're really well known for those characters, they're probably not going to get many decent roles mm. outside. And Steve Wen's great in it. And he's like, in his whole conflict, comes from purposely mistranslating the girls so they can go ahead with their goal of yeah. completing their task. He does sweaty and desperate very well in yeah. that film. In like The Walking Dead, he did sweaty and angry. Yeah. And this is a sweaty and desperate. He did eyeballs hanging out in The Walking Dead he really did, yeah. well. Really well. Yeah, really, really good. Well. Really deserved an Oscar for that performance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, not I, many actors can have their eyeball fall out of their face and carry on. It's a skill in Hollywood nowadays yeah. to have that sort of body dysmorphia. Yeah, no, not dysmorphia, body body mutation, augmentation. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's, it's probably the fun. best performance in that guy's head blew off in Scanners. Yeah, yeah, good work by that guy. Um, but yeah, I I think Oldjo is a really good movie. I just I, it's it's one of those ones that a lot of people would be turned off by if they read yeah. the premise. And it'll be a film that a lot of people will get to the midway point and they'll be like, oh, this is a vegetarian It's movie. really, like, painful to watch. Yeah. This... But there's also, like, the whole first half of the movie is fun and it gradually gets dark yeah. and darker. But there's even, like, the whole run through the mall, the chase in Oxford through the mall, is yeah. literally the car chase from Blues Brothers. Yeah. Just with on foot. It's, it's actually, <laughs> actually, I'd say it's more like the car chase from Carpool, the Tim Allen. No one saw that film. Everybody saw Carpool. No. Yeah, Carpool no. was a great movie. It's a Tim Allen film. The only no, Tim Allen films. Tim Allen. Are... Sorry, no, it wasn't Tim Allen. It was Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold. There's even less reason to watch that. <laughs> it's great. Oh. It has uh, who is having it? it? Has someone famous now in it? I've, I, for some reason, I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt, but I don't think it is. No, no, not him. But yeah, what a great film. 
Carpool. No. Okja's better. Okja Okja is a great film and it's in yeah. 4K if you got 4K TV. This is Matt's 4K I recommend. Got a nice Blu-ray version of it. 4K recommend of, of this episode is Okja. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely in my contention for film of the year so far with Baby really? Driver and Get Out. I friggin' loved it that much. It's in the top 10 for me. Because but... I am tired of films that have one tone. And Get Out, Okja and Baby Driver are all very tonally... They move around and they flow. And I like the Power Rangers movie because it was mixed up tones. I like the Power Rangers movie because it was just fun. Yeah, it was good. I kind of liked it. But um, it's like I'm tired of films where it's just like... People seem to think tonal inconsistency these days is a film that has multiple tones. It's not. Tonal inconsistency is when a scary scene is funny and it's not meant to be funny. Like a scary scene can be funny if it's meant to be funny. But if you watch a scary scene in a film and you laugh like crazy... And everyone laughs. Like the general consensus is that seems funny. That didn't work. That's tonal inconsistency. A film is tonally flat when it has one tone. Yeah. But film should have multiple tones. Yes. Godfather had funny parts in it. Yeah. Like there's that hilarious bit where the guy wakes up with a horse next to him in the bed with his head. I mean Godfather Fucking hilarious. Godfather played the greatest joke of all. Sophia Coppola got cast in Godfather Free. I was gonna say Godfather Free got made. <laughs> Godfather Free's not bad. It's just the only problem with Godfather 3 is it came after Godfather 2. Yeah, which is one of the It's like The Two Jakes, which isn't an amazing film, but it gets a lot of bad rap because it's the sequel to Chinatown. Okay, so... And Chinatown's one of the greatest films of all time. So one of the things that I always I always argue is the two films that I find are most conflicting because they have such a similar cast and such a similar premise... Judge Dredd and Demolition Man. No, uh, Goodfellas <laughs> and Casino. Oh, yeah, yeah. Goodfellas is one of the greatest gangster movies of all time, and Casino is a great movie. Because Casino kind of meanders around a lot. It does, because it's very it's long. It's three and a quarter hours long, wasn't yeah. it, or something? Yeah. But, like, the difference is that, that between those two movies, Casino tried to tell a gangster movie in one mm. location about one thing, and tried to tell it in such great detail. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Goodfellas was kinetic, jumped around. There's not really anything in Casino that people ever reference now. Like, there's no moments Price from it. Price in the Head? Yeah, but there's, there's not much from it. Like, Goodfellas is full Goodfellas, of stuff. Wait, was Goodfellas the one with the vice in the head? Goodfellas has got the whole, uh, you know, why am I so funny? Why am I funny? What am I funny like? Yeah, 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 yeah. funny? Um, there's the baseball bat thing. Friggin oh, there's the monologue at the beginning. Yeah, the single shot, right, the one shot when they're walking through, through the, the hotel. hotel the, yeah, through the, the restaurant. Yeah. That film's full of stuff like that. Oh, the ending shot as well is fucking yeah. spectacular. Friggin I'm, I was never a massive Scorsese fan, for, really, but... I acknowledge that he's probably one of the best filmmakers in the world. I just, I'm not that fussed Martin, about crime films. Martin often. Scorsese is one of those people that he can make such an engaging story hmm. from something that someone wouldn't normally find interesting. The Departed, I had no interest in seeing a fucking uh, 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 remake of Internal Affairs. Infernal Affairs. Infernal Affairs? It's called Infernal Affairs. Is it called Infernal? I've yeah. always been calling it Internal Affairs. Oh, anyway, fucking idiot. Infernal Affairs, the trilogy of those films, <laughs> yeah. which are great films. But he clearly didn't watch those films. He just yeah. made his own film. He just read the script. He yeah. was like, oh, this is what I would do with this. The premise, yeah, do your yeah. own thing. That's that's a good way to do a remake. I mean, Get Out turns something that's benign and boring, stirring a cup of tea, mm. into one of the most tension-grabbing and terrifying things in the world using juxtaposition. Yeah. And, and people go around and say, oh, I didn't really like Get Out. It's like... Look at the beginning of that film. The beginning of that film has a stereotypical black ghetto person walking through a suburb and being nervous. Hmm. And it's like, it's like that's that's the complete reverse of what people normally do. Yeah. And it's done in a way that makes it so fucking spectacularly nerve-wracking. Because you know you're seeing a horror film. And hmm. you know what the, you kind of know what's going to happen. You know that people are being kidnapped. That's what you understand of it. And there is this black person verbalising it in such a realistic and brilliant way. 
And and you know, people were like, "Oh, I found it really boring. I thought it was really cliched." Whereas it's not cliched. It's painting a picture using words and images on the screen, and you can't fucking understand because you're an idiot. Do you not, have you never seen a Hitchcock movie? Like they yeah. literally have conversations about exactly what's happening in their lives because that's how they portray it. But like human beings, they do it in a way that doesn't mean they're always going, well, yeah, I'm really hungry for a crumpet. Oh, look, here's a crumpet. I'm going to eat a crumpet. No, they eat the crumpet and then they say, you know what? It's really weird that I'm being chased by all these fucking planes in fields suddenly. And people are like, <laughs> why is he talking about the fields and the planes? We just saw that happen. It's like, because he's fucking weirded out by it. You dicks. He's not an action star. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, it's just stuff like that. It just really irritates me. But you're right. Oh, dear. great film. Yeah. Like I said, halfway point. I don't think many people will make it past that because it's two hours long, isn't it? Yeah. So the first hour, whimsy, fun, really action-packed, great shots, really kinetic. Everything feels like it's moving. It feels like it's thrumming along. Yeah. It feels like you, you're literally on 160 beats per minute every scene because everything's moving so quickly. Everything's moving so rapidly. And then you get to the halfway point and it slows down. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is something that's usually the death knell for most films nowadays. Because if something slows down at the midway point, it means well, the that... camera stopped moving. Yeah, like there's a whole. It's thing. like just conversations. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that they could have done with. I would have liked if they had a board meeting in which they had two conflicting sides of the company represented, along with the two sisters. Hmm. So, like, the shot would be. Well, it sort of was. Giancarlo Esposito was secretly letting. Um, what's her face? His sister listening on the yeah, board meeting. Yeah, so he had the phone and. Place down, but I would, what I would have makes liked, coffee really quickly as well in that scene. I would have liked more sparring. So mm. you know, like have the meeting at a, mm. at a table and yeah. have one angle from between one side, so you could see the head of the table opposite and a row of people that are on her side, and then to contrast that on the other side, you have another sister and then the row of the people just like a diagonal from the table shot, so you had them mm. going into the fore into the background. And then just have those two sides just switch the conversation between the two. And then when they're fighting and everybody's speaking at once, have it from the perspective of the person that's winning the argument at the time. Hmm. Just something interesting and kinetic like that. Keep the conversation moving along with the camera. But the way they did it is much better for for that scene. Because, as I said, I'd like films to move at a pace, continue moving at a pace. That scene has um, the board meeting, because they don't have like, Modern boardrooms don't have tables. They all no. sit around. Yeah. And that's what the whole thing was sort of having a little bit of fun with. The table was a little bit too low for everyone. They're all yeah. sitting around. And then Jake Gyllenhaal comes in and doesn't have a seat. Yeah. And he's like placing his hand on one of the guy's head and then mm. sitting and putting his hand on the guy's thigh. <laughs> it's mm. like really awkward and weird. But um, yeah, Octa's like fucking fantastic film. Like the only thing is Netflix needs to let these films come out on Blu-ray. People should need to be able to buy them. I think that Netflix could be a really good distribution yeah. service for their own films but they need to release physical copies of them there's like freaking Beast of No Nation you still can't get that on Blu-ray it's freaking ridiculous wouldn't it be nice it's an Oscar if, winner wouldn't it be nice if they had if they had on their Netflix service mm. you had watch now you had more info and then you had buy and they could just yeah. send it to you you could just buy it they could be their own distribution you company you used to do that in the early days with the streaming you could um, you could also rent it you could buy physical, physical discs but you can't do that in the UK Netflix mm. um, it used to be Netflix by post because I mean I'd pay I would pay like what because you've got a subscription, it should be cheaper. So, like, yeah. £10 for a Blu-ray? Yeah. £10 for a 4K Blu-ray or something? Yeah. Yeah. Be nice to do that. They won't. Anyway, you review something before this podcast hits. Uh, two hours. Two hours again. Sorry. Sorry. So, Jake Gyllenhaal, just quickly. Can we talk about that very quickly? Because I feel like I have to talk about him before. He's kind of a gift, right? Was like, he in Bubble Boy? He was in Bubble Boy. Yeah. But, like, he is kind of a gift. Like, yeah. everything he does is kind of awesome. Yeah. Like... He was going to be in Suicide Squad. He was. He was going to yeah. be uh, Randall... Well, Ran, Ran, Ray, is it Randall Flagg? Yeah, what is his name? Yeah. 
but have you seen? I told you about this last time, I think. But the musical version of he did he sang for Suddenly Seymour. He did. Oh, yeah, yeah, they yeah, did yeah. the revival, didn't they? And he came and he did the songs in place of Rick Moranis. Um, but also, have you watched the interview Ryan Reynolds has with his fake brother? No. Um, Ryan Reynolds did an interview of himself in which he basically just played his brother, who was a dickhead to Ryan Reynolds. And there's a scene like they're doing the interview, and he cut. He goes, "So how do you feel about being uh, being Time Magazine's uh, Man of the Year, you fuckwad?" And he goes, <laughs> and he turns to him and he goes, and he goes, oh, "You know, the people vote me in. Um, I think that they are probably more deserving people of the award." And it's like, oh yeah, yeah. Um, how are you doing holding that boom mic, Jake? And it cuts to Ryan Reynolds, and he turns like that, and then Jake Gyllenhaal's holding a boom mic, and probably <laughs> goes, goes, yeah, yeah, you know, works fine. <laughs> well, that was incredible. Um, it was just a nice little thing that they read. I just, I think that he he seems to be very happy. Even the crap films he does, I really like, and the films that are most of the time ignored by people. Stuff like, um, uh, God, what was the film where he was in a coma secretly the whole film? Oh, Source Code. Source Code. Fucking love Source yeah. Code. Source Code's great. Yeah, I really like it. Duncan Jones. It's freaking Quantum Leap the movie. Yeah. It's freaking good. Um, but anyway, so on to my last review. So my last review this week is going to be The Surge. The Surge? Surge. Was that a Netflix movie? No. Wasn't it? It's a game on the Xbox One. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dark Souls Light. No, so future Dark Souls. Oh, yeah. Um, a long time ago. Everything's now, Dark Souls now. A long time ago, and then the podcast, we're on episode, episode 30. But a long time ago, I reviewed a game called Lords of the Fallen. Yeah, I played that. Uh, Lords of the Fallen was wasn't trying great. to beat Dark Souls. Yeah. But the combat wasn't very good. It was alright. It wasn't very fluid. You'd press yeah. a button and then a couple of seconds later something would happen. The animations were all over the place. That might be just the Xbox One version. Same on the, same on the PS4, I'm afraid, my friend. Uh, but anyway, so um, in terms of in terms of what they were doing, they were trying to make a hard as nails RPG game in which you had third person perspective and you would combat someone, and then if you died, you'd have to get back to that same point or defeat that same enemy and get. Your Dark Souls. Out. Dark Souls light. Um, the Surge is set in a sci fi world in which um, well, it has one of the best openings for a game I've played in a very long time. Yeah. Which is kind of weird. The first five minutes. Um, so the first five minutes, you're just sort of learning the controls and stuff as you would normally. You're learning them as you're on a train. And then, um, spoilers, when it comes to the point where it says, now move the left thumbstick to move, it looks like you're just sitting in a seat. But when it says that, suddenly your wheelchair, you're no. in a wheelchair. And so you're wheeling around. And you, you realize the motivation for the character is that he's in a wheelchair. He's going to get this, this suit, this like, well, like a, not a mechanized suit, but like an exoskeleton. Yeah. So he can walk around. He's looking to regain the use of his legs. Oh, that's nice. It's nice. Um, and then you get to a point where you have to pick your class. So there's two classes initially. Now one's fast, one's slow. One does less damage, one does more. And then from there, you sort of, you go about um, trying to fight robots in a desolate wasteland and collect scrap to improve your exoskeleton. Um, yeah. It's it's fairly good. It's a lot better than Lords of the Fallen. Yeah. Um, Graphics-wise, it looks a lot prettier. There's um, a Lords lot of industrial... Lords of Fallen looked good, though. Lords of the Fallen looked okay. It was good. It was there was a lot of, like... There was a lot of bonus stages where you'd have just smoke everywhere, so it didn't have to load the whole environment. Oh, just like Dark Souls? No, Dark Souls, you can... If you see something in Dark Souls, you can get to it and you can go there. Yeah. But in Lords of the Fallen, there was a lot of, oh, I can see that, but, I mean, I'm not going to go there. And I played the whole of that game. And and not go to a lot of the cool places I saw. But anyway, so um, The Surge, yeah, it's interesting. I got it for 20 quid from Amazon. It's only been out for, like, four months. That's been out that long. It only came out, like... 
January, like um, July or something. Oh, really? Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a curious little game. If you're a fan of Dark Souls and you're looking to fill that hole with something other than Bloodborne, because I've been playing Bloodborne a lot as well, trying to get over my Dark Souls kick, I just can't fucking shake. You need to play Crash Bandicoot trilogy. That's the real Dark Souls. It's not. <laughs> just, just not. Um, but yeah, no, I've been looking for something that's, that's just hard, but at the same time is fair. And I think this is going to be something that takes my attention for a few hours, but... Um, after this, it's Kingdom Hearts. Do you want to buy DuckTales if you want something that's hard but fair? No. I'm going to complete this. I've got enough games. <laughs> I've got to do this. And then I'm going to do Kingdom Hearts, the remix games. Yeah. You've got to play through 500 games you got in that collection. Yeah. There's even, like, isn't there an epilogue on the Kingdom Hearts 2 disc? Um, well, one it's Kingdom so. Hearts 1 and 2. Yeah. And then there's... Um, there's Birth by Sleep, the 365 over something of the other days. And yeah, and then there's, vi- there's films for the other two. Yeah. yeah, and there's also like there was a Kingdom Hearts free sort of preview thing. No, that's did. in two point eight. Isn't that on the same thing? Then? No, uh, no, two point eight. Oh no, because the one you've got the um the PS3 versions redone yeah. for PS4 in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a because they milked that free HD collection. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it is it, to be honest, it's hours of gameplay. So I'm not yeah, going to yeah. argue. The uh, first one takes about twenty somewhat hours, I'd say, to get through. Really? Yeah. Looking forward to that, um, but um, but yeah, all in all, I I really am enjoying the surge. I, I kind of feel like I shouldn't. Does it feel like the game that Two Human should have been? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> One of the nice things with Two this... Human had like a kernel of a nice idea, and then mm, just fucked it. There's a Dennis Dyack made game, isn't it? Yeah. He's only ever made one good game. What was that? Eternal Darkness. Oh, great game. Yeah. Do you remember they made? Was it was it them who released Layer? Nah, they didn't do Layer. It was who did layer and sent out those review guides to all the magazines and then complained when they didn't, when they said, oh, you just can't get the hang of the motion controls. It's like, no, it's shit. Mm-hmm. The game's bollocks. Ugh. Um, so, yeah, the search. One of the nice things about the combat is that you can direct what limb you want to focus on and certain enemies will have weaknesses, but the weakness isn't determined by what enemy type you're fighting. It's just random based on the damage on the enemy. Yeah. Um, but you can also focus parts that are rarer, so you'll see the indicator will be blue or yellow, depending on the rarity of the part or the chance of getting a good part from it. Mm. And you can focus on that arm or that leg, and you can chop it off and see if you get some good scrap. Nice. And then upgrade your exosuit, and then go on from there. Uh, More games need to have systems in their combat where you can target body parts. Because mm. um, Vagrant Story did that, like, friggin' 20 years ago, and it was really cool. Vagrant because Story was a really, really I've good got RPG. It. It's a fantastic game. Um, it's like you could stop that, magic casters casting spells by breaking the jaw. It was hilarious. One of the things that was wrong with Vagrant Story was that it, there was like five hours in there that didn't need to be. That game's great. Oh, and no, then, no. Dan Stark did help make another good game. The original Blood Omen. Oh, what? No yeah, way. I love classic. Blood Omen. Um, I don't think we should class him as being involved in Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes because they just basically did the GameCube version yeah. of that. But um, to you, oh, X-Men Destiny. Oh. Yeah. Was that no, the one where you could pick one of three types of X-Men and then you went on the, it? That was their last game. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, X-Men Destiny was the one where it was like, they, they trailered it for ages going like, oh, any X-Men powers you want and all this sort of stuff. And then you had like three different X-Men and it was kind of stuck and yeah. it was shit. There was a bug in that that broke it. Yeah. They had to actually destroy every copy of that game. Why? Because um, you remember there was a whole thing with Epic Games where they um, sued Epic Games saying they didn't give them the the tools they needed to use Unreal Engine properly, and Epic Games won the court case. Holy shit. And as part and they Epic Games basically counts them because Silicon Knights were refusing to pay for their 
Unreal Engine license. How much does that work? Now, it's not much. You can buy an Unreal Engine license if you want. It's only like 100 quid. But um, they got sued for it and they had to basically remove any games of theirs that they used make, made with Unreal Engine from sale, which was included to human, and destroy <laughs> them. So I've X-Men Destiny human. could be a rare game one day. I've got two human. Oh, keep hold of it, man. Maybe one day it'll be worth as much as £4. It's not worth the space it takes on. <laughs> yeah, Surge. Um, but yeah, the surge. Like I, I'd say, it's a solid game for twenty quid. It's a really solid. Well, I've seen game. it. Looks more brighter and. Uh, yes and no. Like the problem yeah. is that the industrial setting is really played out, and if you're like me, you've played Dead it's Space. Desert lands, isn't it? Yeah. Stuff. Well, yeah. some of it is, and a lot yeah. of it's just like industrial complexes. But that's because you're based in an industrial area. That's kind yeah. of the plot of the game. Um, like I've heard, there are more enemy types and stuff you meet later on. I've seen a couple like hints at them. One of the really nice things are that there's like two types of two types of it seems like there's two types of human evolution they were focusing on. One was the exosuit suit, one was improving the like, you know. Yeah. Um and the other was they have like nanites. Oh shit. And the way that nanites work where they were put inside the body. Extremist armor. Yeah, well no, they were put inside the body and they started yeah. like growing out. Yeah. And as they caused infections and stuff, like they would eat the necrotic flesh and then change that with like cybernetics. So it'd be like a human loading button. But all the people that were infected with that went mad. Like went back to Because it was like constant pain and suffering. Um, but that's like an interesting contrast to the beginning of the game. Because in the beginning of the game, after you get your wheelchair and you put it in and stuff, the injector needle that's meant to like put an aesthetic in you, you see in the video it's empty. Yeah. So it goes and it like goes and tries to inject you. And it, as the plunger goes down, he goes like, no, no, no. And he moves and it like pops back out and it just the air goes out. And it doesn't kill him, but that means he has to go through the process of having like these nuts drilled into his body and stuff, and like having this like um, thing placed on his head so he can interface with the exosuit. He has to go through all that without anaesthetic. Nice, which is really cool. It's like a really fucking gross scene. Harsh. It's almost as bad as <laughs> Dead Space Two, where you have to put a needle in your own eye. The scene in Dead Space Two where you've got like there's like as you move the needle in, you get ner- more and more nervous. Yeah. So you have to wait for your your like your uh, heartbeats go down and then you get closer and closer you have to get it right in the pupil if you don't it just fucking slams into your skull and kills you nice oh it's incredible Dead Soul uh, D- Dead Souls Dark Space 1, 2 and 3 Dark Space Dead Space <laughs> 1, 2 and 3 are some of the best games ever made 1, Dead 2 Space, Dead Space 3 has a lot of flaws but like the the ending to the story is pretty good like the way that it ends the story is better than I've seen a lot of games that end when they're going to turn Dead Space into a free to play mobile <laughs> Clash of Clans game. Well, they already had Dead Space on mobiles, which was actually just Dead Space. No. Oh. Did you ever play it? No. It was like, it was Dead Space, but with touch controls. But like, I think all the Dead Space games would never bother playing them. I have, I have, yeah, I have 1, 2, 3. I have Extraction on that um, PS3 game. I have, I have the, okay, so the mobile game, hmm. the first time I experienced it, I had a Blackberry playbook. Do you remember those tablets? No. One of the first 1080p tablets. All right. Um, with two gig RAM, and uh, and that was like sixty p on the BlackBerry store, so I bought it. It was a ten plus hour campaign, <laughs> all with touchscreen, <laughs> and it wasn't too bad actually. Oh dear, yeah, it was actually that. pretty good. Um, but I completed that. I loved that. It's not WB Supercard. I ain't playing it. I played all the add-ons for uh, for Dead Space Two. Um, Dead Space Two has one of the best. So Dead Space Two it opens up with Isaac being um, being in a mental hospital. And some guy comes in and he goes, he goes like, he's like, Isaac, I'll save you. And as soon as he says that, like this thing just flies through his throat and he's like, ah, ah. And Isaac just goes, oh, fuck, I'm out of here. And like, he's got his hands tied behind his back. So you have to like run through this asylum where all these fucking monsters are 
you know, just fucking happening to be transforming. Um, and you're running through and you have to like dodge it all. Mm-hmm. And then you get to a room and some guy's like, Isaac, this is all your fault, you know. You built it for us. And he's like, what do you mean? And he's like, he's like, never mind now. And he cuts the straps of your thing and you're like, oh, great. And he's like, well, I guess I'll see you on the other side. And just jabs himself in the neck with a syringe and then goes like, ah! <laughs> and I remember the first time I played that, I was hanging out with my friend Tom Brown and he was just like, that guy's committed. <laughs> Can you imagine? It's not I'd easy like, to slit your own throat. Yeah, as, soon as, as soon as that went in, I would just start screaming and I'd be trying to take it back out. I'd be like, this really hurts, guys. This was a bad idea. The needle's not effective. It breaks, surely. No, no, no. It was a syringe. Uh, yeah, not a syringe. syringe. Um, uh, fucking scalpel. scalpel. That's more That's like it. That's why he used to cut your strap as well. So yeah. you think he's going to stab you with the scalpel, he cuts the strap, and then he fucking just jabs himself in the neck. I recommend I recommend Dead Space 1, 2, and 3. If you haven't played those, play those over the Surge. But if you've played all the Dark Souls and Bloodborne, and you're looking for a game to replace those, and I say the Surge, it fits, a, fits into a hole. But it's a very specific hole. I don't think it's for everyone. I don't think anyone who doesn't like those games is going to find enjoyment here. And the plot is very much Dark Sector-esque. I barely remember that game. That's a really good game. People don't give Dark Sector enough of... Oh, that's the one that sh- guy's got that shitty glaive thing. And yeah, it's a it piece was great. Of shit. Yeah, it was rubbish. No, it Terrible. was. It was a great game. Played it, hated it. You hated that game? Yeah, I played the demo, I hated it. I fucking it. loved that game. Oh. I played through it like a bunch of times. That's that game that was perpetually £6 Yeah, HMV. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Hey, guess who played the uh, lead character in Dark Sector? Hey. Michael Rosenbaum. Oh. Smallville's... Lex Luthor? Yeah, I know. He's uh, just a guy, you know. I've seen him. Somebody. He was at the Comic Con the other week. I saw him there. Really? Yeah, Michael Rosenbaum, yeah. What he was he sat in... a few seats down from William he was... Regal. He was in something recently. Oh, was it? Um, he was in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, wasn't he? He has a. I think he's in Make. He's CGI'd out, though, isn't he? He's the guy with the crystal skin, whatever yeah. his name is. Yeah, or one of those guys. One of, the, one of the Ravagers that were the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. God, yeah. You're done now. Yeah, I uh, give it a Michael Rosenbaum. <laughs> Yay! Have you seen the film Sorority Girls? No. Don't ever watch it. Okay. It's not good for you. That's okay, I, I can manage to It's not good for not you mentally it. or physically to have seen that film. Okay. It's even worse if you own it on DVD. Do I own it Stop on DVD? Stop buying things. I bought it years ago. You were trying to get rid of stuff, you are trying to declutter. I don't know. Then you bought more stuff. Well, I just really wanted Dead Space 3. Oh, dear. Because I haven't... I hadn't Got it on the PS. You're done now. On the Xbox One. You're done now. I mean, like, you know, sometimes life hands you lemons. So that was Crit Apocalypse and then episode you make them 70. Limes by leaving them out in the sun too long. I've got to edit this. Alright. Fuck Trump. Love you guys. I'd rather not. This is Crit Apocalypse episode 70. You can find Anne at LV54SpaceMonkey on Twitter. And you can find me at Crit Apocalypse. Um, as always. We very much appreciate you listening. If you'd like to leave a comment, like or subscribe, do so. If you don't, just keep on going your life and I hope you live a happy and great one. Welcome to the Chris Apocalypse. What's your ideal way for the world to end? I don't know if we have a choice in that in the next couple of weeks. What's the most socially acceptable apocalypse? Race war. You're right. Race war. Purge. Mass purge. Purge. Yeah. Bring in the purge. Let's have a purge. Bring in the purge. Purge 2, though, because it's better than the first one. Purge free election, yeah? I'm going to make this look like but, House Party 2. I'm going to make this... I'm going to make House Party look like House Party 2 or House Party 3. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> bye, everyone. Love you. Bye. Bye. bye.